on this episode. Maybe we could bring comedy. Do <laughs> <laughs> you watch that? No, never mind. I'm just gonna, I'll rant. We're just going to set some yeah, big goals there's, right now. There's our ultimate goal. Bring comedy to North Korea. <laughs> That's the goal of this podcast. Yeah, forget the language barrier. Forget that they would rather have food. <laughs> and that they didn't even laugh at the appearance of Dennis Rodman. <laughs> like, they just need my so, comedy. Exactly. That will sustain them. It'll be some tough, it'll be a tough crowd. <laughs> oh my goodness. See, North Korea would never happen in America. Talk about having a captive audience. Well, that's true. Yeah. I do have that. Literally captives. Yes. It's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of No Country for Old Mark and Wine. I am your host, Backbeard, and this is my pneumonia-breathing co-host, Juan Smith, what's left of him. <laughs> I always wanted to say, like, Billy Real or something that's yeah. anything other than Smith yeah. makes sense. And we have our special guest again with us today, Adam Radliff. Adam does not have pneumonia, and Adam is also technically proficient with computers. So it's not Adam's fault we didn't have an episode for you last week. <laughs> Oh, uh, let me guess. Uh, it's me. <laughs> Explain yourself. <laughs> so we sat down with a comedian last week and we recorded an epic two hours. Actually, it was over two hours. Some great bits. Some of the best comedy I've ever recorded on my end. And then we got to the end and Juan was like, oh, hey, guys, uh, I didn't record any of that. So- I was like, look, nobody was up to par today. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> exactly gonna, I'm gonna help us all and scrap this thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, so, that's not what happened. I apparently didn't hit record. So we've learned from this mistake, and uh the comedian's coming back and he's gonna be back in with us. So we're gonna get it. But unfortunately we lost those bits. Uh m- you know, I'm pretty sure we can't replicate them. We might be able to, but we'll just see how it goes. But anyways. Uh, you know the drill, facebook.com slash no country podcast, Instagram at no underscore country underscore podcast. We're on Twitter at podcast underscore country. You can email us at no country podcast at gmail.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 346-291-0050. Now, before we get in today's story, uh, Maddie Cheeks sent in a voicemail. Oh, Maddie Cheeks. He, a uh, he sent a message like, you motherfucker, are you calling me Matty Cheeks now? <laughs> and I was yeah. like, you like your, you like your uh, name? And he's like, yeah, I actually kind of do. So yeah, it's good stuff. His name now is forever is Matty Cheeks. Hey, but he's, Matty goes back to some early fame. <laughs> yeah, he does. He uh, uh, sent in a voicemail, but the audio was so bad. It was, it's really, really hard to understand. And I had to like, even like the transcript isn't that good. So Sorry, Maddie Cheeks. Uh, I was going to put it at the beginning of the show, but I didn't because the audio, for some reason, I don't know whether it was your phone or what was going on, but it just, there there's like a lot of noise. Maybe it was windy. I'm not sure. But he sent in, like he said, he was at the mall and he saw someone riding a ripstick with crutches. What's a ripstick? Like those things, the two wheeled like stick things that kids ride. Gotcha. But like he a saw Segway s- without the hand part. Yeah, but you're just like using your own power. It's not motorized. It's like a it's like a hoverboard, but not. You, I have to show. Oh, you. I, yeah. Where you like? You yeah, like you like wiggle it hips. around. Yeah, you move your hips okay. and wiggle it around. He said he saw someone at the mall riding one of those on crutches, 
and he said he thought we him. might get a kick out of that, and I thought I'd probably just trip him. Oh, they've already had it rough <laughs> enough. Yeah, but you need to Can't learn. Can they somehow. enjoy anything? But you need to learn somehow. You're the mean kid, man. Right. <laughs> no, I'm not He's mean. Like I'm just marbles out to try to fuck <laughs> right? this person up. He's the reason that kid was crippled in the first place. Ice cubes, man. Ice cubes. You're the oh kid that God. like waits to make sure he's okay, and then when you realize it, you just start laughing at him. <laughs> yes, that I may the, have that is, done that. Yeah, that's 100 percent a thing. Like anyone you like, uh, if they fall, like I do something like really embarrassing, <laughs> you want to make sure that they're okay before yeah. you laugh. But as soon as they do, yeah, it's fucking. Are you dead? Do you have a concussion? No. Ha ha. But you really want them to be okay because you are ready to laugh. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because it's hard to hold that laugh in. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the goofier it is, the funnier it is. Every time yeah. I do something stupid, you ever do that check like, it's shit. Did anyone yeah. see me? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll, I'll look like up not press record on a podcast. Me. Yep. I did that this last weekend. And I was like, well, oh, well, just own it. I bit it. I slipped and fell. I for like whoa. I I can't remember the last time I fell. How'd you slip and fall? Is it like eighty <laughs> degrees over there? Yeah. No, but I'm I'm kind of a klutz. So like I trip over like cracks in the sidewalk. So is this some elaborate ruse like you did to <laughs> fall into a girl? You're like oh, oh, oh no, you fall right into her. I I, I don't roll like that. I well, have, you don't roll because you're not. <laughs> I'm not one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I roll, bro. Just tuck them arms and legs in. <laughs> you also roll on your mom's scooter too around the mall. Hey, dude, I'm known for that. See how the riding. other half lives. <laughs> <laughs> I used to like this is a true story. Like I used to like see those rascal scooter uh, commercials. Yeah, I'm like I can't wait till I need a rascal. I'm gonna be riding all over the place. And then like I got ten years later after that, I was like, what the hell was I thinking? I'd be miserable if I had to. Riding yeah. a scooter everywhere. See, here's the thing. I don't have to. I just don't want to walk that far. <laughs> so I literally, Fair. when I go to the mall, I ride one of them bitches. Do you, like, do you, you don't have your own? No, it's mine. <laughs> I bought it. There you go. <laughs> you have it tricked out? Absolutely. Cherry red. You should get one of those, you should get one of those bumper stickers. Or uh, you should wear one of those vests like the uh -huh. bikers where it says on the back, it's like, if you can read this, the bitch fell off. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the best. This is really fast. And uh, when we get in arguments at the mall, yeah. I just take off. And Jazz tries to chase me and <laughs> pisses herself. It's awesome. <laughs> That's going to make like America's Funniest Home Videos. I want to see point. this. I want to see this and record it for YouTube. You should hear her yelling. Slow down. <laughs> angry, <laughs> angry lady with wig pisses herself at mall. Have you got any sponsors yet for your whip? No, but security usually gets really pissed at me because I go too fast. They say. <laughs> but I tell them, like, hey, man, you show me a speed limit. I'll slow down. <laughs> Peace. Good point. I take off. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, time to get into today's topic. It's uh, We're headed back to Asia. Uh, this is about the Great Leap Forward. And, yes, it kind of sounds like an event at the Summer Olympics, but it wasn't. It was one of the worst periods of needless loss of life in the last hundred years. It is often overlooked and misunderstood in recent history. Like, really, really overlooked because I had never really heard of it. You know, it's not really taught something that's taught in schools or in history classes. Were you homeschooled? Yeah, but I love history. <laughs> so, I mean, we just use a standard, like, whatever the school was using. Yeah, curriculum. I don't think I learned it either, actually. So, it's not something that's talked about very much. It was probably talked about more back in, like, the 60s and 70s because of, like, you know, the commie fear and everything. But also, some of the stuff was hidden 
from mm-hmm. the West and from, you know, I will get into that later, but you know, it traditional, a uh, communist, you know, ways they tried to hide as much as they could, but oh, this is all real research. Once again, I got, uh, the primary source for this is a book by Frank Didiker or Decotter. It's a Dutch guy. It's really hard last name to pronounce, but he researched this book in China for four years and he got all of it from original source documents that they finally declassified like back in the nineties. Nice. And he said, there's a lot of other um, documents that are still classified. So said he said he feels like he doesn't have the full story, but he did the best he could. I was like, dude, if this dude did research for four years to do a book, I think he did a pretty good job. Yeah. Like that's some severe, you know, it's a ton of time to put into it. The book itself, it's called Mao's Great Famine. I also watched some documentaries and films and stuff on it to kind of like flesh it out a bit more. Really, really good book. Really, really dry book. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're into like more like, you know, like fast paced books, this is not the book for you. It's he was just really trying to like tell this story as best as he possibly could. It's it's incredibly long, but it's a good book. I mean, I see why he went into so much detail because he felt like and I think it was true. Like if you're going to talk about something like this, you need to do it justice. So the people who unfortunately lost their lives like their story should be told. So hopefully stuff like this doesn't ever happen again. But anyways, uh, yeah, let me, okay. Okay. This, yeah, it's often overlooked and misunderstood and it is similar to the Holocaust. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> and, Bit of a leap. and similar to Holocaust deniers, there, we go. there are a lot of crackpots out there who don't believe that it happened. Uh, what was the great leap forward and what really happened? Well, After World War II, China was embroiled in a four-year-long civil war between Chinese nationalists and Chinese communists. China had suffered severely during the war with the Japanese, leaving many cities destroyed and millions raped and dead. If you want to learn more about that, research uh, the Rape of Nanjing or the Nanjing Massacre. Is that that also a dry read? No. It's a bit juicier (laughs) with the rapes. Oh, my dear God. (laughs) We get this guy's uh, reading types, like what he really gets into. He's like, wait, there's no rape in this? <laughs> no pictures and no rape? Fucking taking this shit back to the library immediately. <laughs> wow. I, there's a book called The Rape of Nanjing. It's a really good book. I recommend it. <laughs> Leave it person. to Adam to just drop person. these bombs of just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I almost fell over on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i was like dude i just walked in here i was i wasn't ready yet oh that was awesome oh. and see the thing is is i for those of you out there who might be like mildly troubled by some of adam's comments too bad he's gonna stay on the show like if this is okay we we're not making fun of Terrible all things my, all that happen to terrible people. is to not say anything racist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, they, there's going to be some insensitive things that come out. Right. It's, it's, it's all in jest. And most of like my jokes in jest at horrible situations are just trying to lighten the mood of the just awful truth of what was really happening. Right. Because sometimes like when I'm doing the research, I'm like, I can't believe that this shit actually happened. And I have to like throw in like a made up story just to be upfront with you. I wrote a whole fake story for this episode. There is no China. And and then I read it and I was like, 
somebody would probably think that was kind of racist, so I'm just getting rid of that. <laughs> and I didn't mean it that way, but then I thought... After I, the Italian spaghetti game? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> after all of my pasta jokes, I was like, nah, I don't want to like push it too far. I want to be thoughtful and not super insensitive. Did it involve MSG or... No. <laughs> it involved, General Xiao. It involved just China's low-quality fair manufacturing oh yeah that's a big part of it too yeah, yeah. and that's actually a big part of this story too thank so, you but Wish. i kind of took it and then went to the next level and then i was like i'm taking this way too far <laughs> how many hours in to like like the, when you're writing it you're yeah. like this is hilarious it was like 15 minutes like, in. everyone's gonna love this yeah. you start reading it back you're like, yeah Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. i even i even and like for those of you who Chinese, don't know uh who maybe came in on this episode yeah. Adam is a comedian. This is oh, what yeah. he does. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I should probably point it out. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Juan. Appreciate you. <laughs> he is a professional. <laughs> and, and I, yeah, you know, I have the sore abs already to prove that. So. And sore ass. <laughs> Different kind of professional. <laughs> <laughs> On a professional level. <laughs> Don't set me up for that, Juan. I'll just go there every time. Okay, so the Chinese communists wound up defeating the nationalists, driving out the nationalist leader, Chiang Kai-shek, out of China into Taiwan. Uh, Chairman Mao Zedong was the leader of the communists, and he established the People's Republic of China on October 1st, 1949. Mao was now in charge of a country that was decades behind the powers at the time. Some people actually estimate China was about 100 years behind the United States and the USSR, like technologically and agriculturally and everything. They were really, really far behind. Uh, most of the Chinese people were farmers, and they lived in the traditional Chinese way, on farms close to their families, and they practiced ancestor worship. And they lived in very small villages or communities. Not a lot of you know, technology, very few roads, stuff like that. Uh, China had very little industry and very little to export. While China was communist and officially partnered with the Soviet Union based on their commun communist bond, Stalin, the ruler of the Soviet Union at the time, and Mao had vastly different ideas of how to be communist. <clears throat> the Soviet Union tended to be slightly more socialist, while Mao wanted to practice pure communism. With all of the talk in the news, you know, currently, some of you may wonder, but aren't socialism and communism the same thing? Uh, the answer is no. They're different. And I actually find that kind of entertaining, especially like with all the people on Facebook, like socialist equals communist. And I'm just like, stop. Just stop. I understand. People are saying that? Yeah. It, it's usually like old. And the thing is, is like, I can understand to a certain degree. It's usually older people that actually lived through the Cold War. And so they saw certain countries become more socialist and then eventually communist. But there are other countries out there that do institutional, do, in, no, do, I can't even think of the word. They do get some laws passed that are more socialist than, you know, uh, then implement implement there, there we, we go. go yeah so they do tend to get some more socialist policy policies but they don't wind up just going into full-blown communism but i think it's just those older generation of people that just revert back to the cold war way of thinking of like it's all bad so so you're saying I'm, it's all the old people's fault no i'm just saying like we should you, maybe leave them behind and <laughs> 
maybe take a leap forward. <laughs> You're like, we're not going to put them into camps, but we'll put them in these nice little homes. Like, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, they're going to love the showers. They're really nice. <laughs> they may not make it out, but. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, keep an eye on this guy, Juan. He's got some interesting <laughs> ideas. Seems a little shady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just don't piss me off or you'll just disappear, Juan. Silence. <laughs> I got two bald white guys looking at me. I'm not saying shit. <laughs> okay. The idea of communism came from German philosopher Karl Marx. His idea was that the workers of a nation would take control of the country through the production of goods, and then they would work to eliminate private ownership of land and property, and then everything would be commonly owned by the people. During the transition phase, the government would facilitate these changes and build a truly classless society, making each individual equal and also eliminate family and religion. Yeah, family. He wanted to eliminate families. Too. Whoa. Yeah, pretty extreme. Bad enough Unless that you he have like a really shitty family. I'm, li- I'm listening. <laughs> like, so, come on now. Everyone knows. Oh, that's horrible. Everyone's like, hates their family. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, Marx believed that family and religion were institutions of social control meant to subjugate the working class. And his idea eventually, in his idea, eventually all of these things in the government would fade away, leaving the world in a communist utopia. So... Yeah, that's the. Didn't I, he like never have like a real job? He mooched off his wife this yeah. whole life. Yeah, yeah. Fuck that guy. Exactly. I don't have very many nice things to say about Karl Marx because his ideas let led to millions upon millions of deaths oh, and yeah. millions more suffering. Oh yeah, and, and millions of us doing the work while a bunch of people sit on their ass. Exactly. And actually, the thing the thing about communism is that. In idea, okay, as an idea, it's not a bad idea. But in this world, it's just not possible because it's against it's, human nature. It's against human nature. And then also the idea of communism versus capitalism. Is capitalism perfect? No, neither is communism. But if you want to motivate people, capitalism is the way to do it. Because if you work hard, you can you know, buy the goods that you want, buy property, own your own land, build your own house, stuff like that. You can advance and better yourself. Whereas in communism, you can't. The state takes care of you and you don't really have any motivation to work hard. Plus you get to pick what you do. Right. I was like, <laughs> if everyone was like, to have their jobs picked for them. Right. What is the likelihood of that you actually would like your job? Right. I have a friend who was born in a previous communist country. It's now not communist, but the communist way of thinking still goes on there, even though they're a republic now and not communist. Mm-hmm. Even the, it hasn't been a communist country since the nineties, so like you know, almost thirty years. Still, he got he got went into college. They told him this is what you're going to study, and then he graduated. This is what you're going to. He has no choice over what his career is, what field he works in, God. and it sucks. And so, but the people in that country, they're still thrilled because they're like. It's at least it's better than it was back in the late 80s and early 90s. Right. And I'm just like, dang, dude, that sucks. Because <laughs> to be me, terrible. it's like you can't pick what you want to do. They picked what school he would go to. Yeah. And good luck retiring, too. Like, Right. So it's it's very regimented and controlled. It's not. They, they say. Anyways, we'll get into more of that. <laughs> but anyways, while the idea you know, of it sounds good in practice, history shows that it is failed every time. 
often with high body counts. The Soviet Union ruled for 74 years, and in that entire time, it was still not a true communist nation. The Communist Party did rule the Soviet Union, but they did not achieve a classless society in which the population collectively owned the means of production. So basically, the communists in the Soviet Union, they were like, oh, yeah, we want communism. They created a communist party. They took over and then they're like, we don't want to give up power. And they just left it there. And they always would make excuses like, oh, it's not ready yet. We can't do that yet. We haven't. No, it's even Karl Marx's idea of transition was a short transition. The government would be around for a few years to facilitate the transition. And then it would all, you know, within five to 10 years, 74 years, the people in power just want to stay in power. They don't want to be like everybody else. Even, you know, even, even if they weren't like the oligarchs now and made billions, they were still bad at better. So it's just, you know, it's not something I believe in. <laughs> well, tell us how you really feel. Uh, <laughs> Mao said that he could achieve this, though. And Stalin and him did not trust each other at all. And often over the decades, Mao and the Soviet leaders would do or say things to try and humiliate the other. There's actually a, a story of the the guy was it i think it was the guy who ruled after stalin khrushchev nikola mm -hmm. khrushchev he went to visit mao in china and mao knew that khrushchev couldn't swim <laughs> so like a huge dick he got him like arm floaties oh. and like put him in the pool and then like did laps around him like that's a fucking just power humiliated move humiliated him and finally khrushchev just like got out and was like all mad and fun. and i was like dude like what a dick <laughs> is this real is it's this real story yeah okay, I got my it's, radar in, the, it's in the book damn that is like how does he survive that i i yeah and the thing was was mao also like had been invited to the soviet union and they like pulled out the red carpet and they uh, they like tried to treat Mao with like all this respect, and then when the Soviets went to China, he treated them terrible. Like he didn't pull out any bells or whistles. Like humiliated them in public, and it, and I was like, does he, he was he like angling like, oh, they're not taking this shit seriously? Yeah, that was his whole okay. thing. Was like he considered himself like pure communist and true, and he thought they were just more socialist and they were just posers. Kind of like was his gotcha. attitude. He even said that in a few things. He's like, oh well, you know, eventually we're gonna be better than that and it was just you know what was china before they were communist well before they were communist they were the national they were like a republic but there was a lot of civil war because before that they were part of the king dynasty you know which are like emperors and they had been emperors for like you know a system of emperors for hundreds of years mm -hmm. before that but then around like is it the late 1800s or the early 1900s they transitioned to more republic government but there was tons of infighting and so and actually when the communism came around in the early 1900s then there was a lot of uh the communist the communist versus the nationalists and then world war ii happened and japan just decimated <laughs> yeah japan oh my gosh japan did so many awful things to china it's crazy so then that kind of fed the fuel the fire of all the people wanting communism because they were like the nationalists can't protect us the japanese are just screwing us over at every turn we need someone to help and they're like well let's try communism right well russia's right there it's like maybe we get yeah. like a big brother to help us help out. us out yeah yeah and the, ironically the russians and the chinese leaders didn't like each other at all who would like the Russian leaders at that point? <laughs> exactly. So 
Mao was determined to make China a great power, but he had a whole lot of catching up to do. In order to do this, the first thing he did was redistribute the land, which is a nice way of saying uh, the government took ownership from the private landowners. And yeah, this land redistribution led to the deaths of 700,000 landowners. So their land could be redistributed to about half of the peasantry. Did they kill them or yep, they killed them oh well fair they enough. were like we're gonna take your land i'm not giving up my land okay and they just killed them it, i mean that's kind of a simplistic way of saying it but that's essentially what they did yikes there I'm, I'm, there was some that didn't they were just like ah oh, crap they finally got the message but still seven hundred thousand people died because they were like i earned this land i purchased this land you're not taking it away for nothing right can you how could you be so dumb towards where you've seen this happen to like 600 and ninety nine thousand <laughs> nine hundred ninety nine or whatever. Yeah. And you you're that seven hundred thousandth person. You're like, Yeah, I'm still not down with it. Yeah. Knowing exactly what's gonna happen. It's it's so it's like yeah. I mean, I can understand. I would be pissed if you know someone the government came by and was like, We're gonna take everything you have. Oh, well, there's that many Texans, and I'm pretty sure they're not putting their guns down if they come no. and tell them the same shit. <laughs> well, yeah, I think we'd probably have a fight more yeah. successful, but yeah, if, that would suck. If any state secedes from America, it's going to be Texas. Well, because <laughs> I mean, Texans kind of Texas is already its own little country inside America already. Yeah, there was like a cool YouTube video that explains like there's only two states that it could like could sustain all the important aspects of like agriculture, business, yeah. electrical grid. It was like Texas and one other one. I can't remember who it was because they're not Texas. So yeah. fuck them. <laughs> exactly. I'm well, kidding. we certainly know it's not Michigan. <laughs> yeah. They can't even get water right. Yeah. Well, neither can Houston. That's recently. true. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. <laughs> so Mal said he wanted to bring up. Oh, yeah. This is. Okay. P young people. I mean, not just young people. Everybody. I don't say any of this in jest. I just say this as a cautionary tale because later on what's going to happen in this episode. Uh, Mao also said that he wanted to bring about more women's rights and universal literacy. Sounds good. Mm, it tends to not really happen in <laughs> communist societies, as we'll explore later. Uh, often when a communist revolution had occurred, these things that are promised but are rarely followed through on. You know, it sounds good. It gets people behind you, you know, and everyone expects it, but then you don't have to follow through on it when you have total control of everything. As far as universal literacy was concerned, Mao only wanted that so everyone could read his propaganda. And since he controlled all of the state media, he could control what many people thought. Mao wasn't intending on bringing higher education to the masses. He just was looking to spread his ideas more easily with less resistance. We say the same thing happened with Cuba, right? Yep. Yeah, because I, I heard somebody have some political thing where it's like Bernie Sanders was like oh, praising Fidel Castro for mm -hmm. raising the literacy rate by uh -huh. like 60%. Yeah. I was like, yeah. That's what happens when you kill off all, all the people who can't read. Yeah. Or you're just, and like, know, you spend all, all your money in one thing. It's not going to work out well. No. And it's like literacy is important, but I think sometimes when people say we want universal literacy, they make the mistake of thinking that that means free college for everybody and free PhDs for everybody. 
That's not what it means to these people. What it means is we want you to be able to read and write and be intelligent enough to do what we tell you and think what we tell you. Not for you to think independently, not for you to make your own decisions, and definitely not for you to discern that what we're doing is going to be screwing you over in about 15 mm-hmm. to 20 years. So right. it's we're just going to educate you enough. And so it's, yeah. yeah I, educate you endless. enough to where you can be... Uh, a cog in the machine exactly without being a pain in the ass right and just smart enough to obey you know the people above you so in may of 1956 mal instituted the hundred flowers campaign this oh my gosh this is yeah we're gonna get into this so the hundred flowers campaign he encouraged people to express themselves and their concern Mao said, the policy of letting a hundred flowers bloom and a hundred schools of thought contend is designed to promote the flourishing of the arts and the progress of science. So, Or this- round up all people who could possibly <laughs> dissent and then kill them all at once. Right. Right. Feel free to speak. I have a feeling this is coming <laughs> down the pike. Yeah. So the movement was in part to a response to the demoralization of the intellectuals in China who felt estranged from the Communist Party. They had, you know, they had been vocally saying, hey, you're not consulting us, you're not listening to us, these are our concerns and the legitimate concerns. So he's like, I'm going to start this 100 Flowers campaign so everybody can say what they really think and feel without fear of repercussion. So this campaign began in 1956 in May, and initially the government did not receive very much criticism. After about six months, Mao expressed that criticism was preferred in an attempt to encourage the populace to truly express themselves. Intellectuals immediately after this announcement began to send in letters voicing their concerns and criticisms of the central government. In just five weeks, millions of letters poured into the offices of the premier and other authorities. Magazines began publishing critical articles and people began rallying in the streets and putting up posters expressing their issues with the current state government and their attempts to follow the Soviet model of government. And in the capital, at one of the universities, the university set up a wall called the Democratic Wall where you could go sign your name and put uh, your name and any other concerns you had about communism versus the democratic policies. And so there was thousands upon millions of people like, Hey, this is our issues. We're going to put our names on this. We're going to, you know, it was, it became this huge thing just in like five weeks. So in July of 1957, Mao then halted the hundred flowers campaign. Many of the intellectuals and others who had voiced their criticisms were guess what? Forced into hard labor camps or prison for quote re-education. Ha ha. So, not Didn't see that coming. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, the 100 Flowers campaign seems to have been a trap set by Mao to lure out his rivals into the open so he could silence them. I found some uh, videos and writings of people who were like, no, no, Mao was the victim in this. It, it's people like that, Brain, I just want to kick. is a hell of a thing. I was like, what? How was he the victim? It really is, because it's like, you know... How do you how do you combat that when they have control of like everything mm-hmm. that goes you know everything that goes into their minds? It's uh, that's just something that's I don't know how you deal with that. Right. Well, now everyone was afraid of Mao, and no one would speak out against him because he just silenced 
anyone who had any critical thought or critical opinion against his. So now the people of China understood how far Mao would go to achieve his goals. The majority of the Chinese people chose to follow Mao, probably very begrudgingly, whether or not they agreed with him out of fear. Yeah, they were afraid. Mao began to speak of how he wanted China to catch up to the industrial output of the West. At a summit with the Soviet Union, the Soviets declared that they would soon outproduce the United States in industrial output, and not to be outdone, Mao proclaimed that within five years, China would outproduce the United Kingdom. Uh, pretty sure the Soviet Union has never outproduced the United States. Yeah, I don't think that's uh, the thing. No. They may have out, you know, performed us in like pierogies and potatoes and borscht. <laughs> but, Maybe vodka. Yeah. <laughs> they got some nice hats. <laughs> they do have they some do. baller hats. I'll give you that. I would totally love a legitimate Russian hat. It wouldn't, it's not useful here in Texas because no. it's never hot, cold enough yeah. to need one of those things, but they do look pretty cool. I need one. Somebody send me one. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, Mao's goals were to do this, outperform the UK through the production of steel and grain. He saw that China was the most populated country in the world, and he intended to put those vast numbers of people to work growing grain and making steel. At this time, one of Mao's party members proclaimed publicly, this is okay, one of his party members said, we must have blind faith in the chairman. We must obey the chairman with total abandon. That right there, if anybody in government says that, you know it's time to leave. Red alert. Yeah. yeah. That being said, there are like some stuff similar in our current yeah. uh, political climate that's like bordering on that. Yeah. That's kind of scary. It's like, because uh, you see people on the right and the left, it's like really polarized. But people who are like, oh, just trust him. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Like, I don't really like that. That's no. what that happens with it. So two parties is a thousand times better than one. Yeah. But just two, you're going to run yeah. into this. Like, even though you know that this person's not right, you're not going to be willing to like fight your whole party for it. Right. And it's, it turns kind of shitty. It does. Especially when you have somebody that is like, eh, this guy's kind of hard to defend a lot of times. Yeah. It, the thing, the thing is, is I think it's smart to question, even if you, you know, whether you're like Democrat, independent, Republican, libertarian, it's good to question the leader's choices and what they're doing. It's good to have, share your concerns. It's good to be critical because otherwise they're just going to do whatever they want. And, you know, they're just going to be doing for whatever suits their interests best, not the interests of the people that they're supposed to be serving. Oh, so, yeah. I'm not saying be like a total asshole about it, but at least, you know, critical, write letters, do the things that you have the power to do, vote, you know, whatever it is. That's the great thing about living in America, at least for now, is that we have the power to, you know, write letters, approach our congressmen, say we like this, say we don't like that, band together as a group of people, you know, make changes when we can, where we can. Get that track phone, start calling the offices. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my dad used to do, man. Oh, I, I found like four track phones in his file. He, he would do that, dude. He would call all these politicians <laughs> and just leave like horrible voicemails. So like one like, of the most racist people I've ever met was doing that. <laughs> Yeah, what, but what see, that's, but see, that's a valid lesson in that, oh like, gosh. Well, no matter what you believe, man, you need to get your voice heard. Yeah. Because if you're not going to, someone else crazier than you is going to yeah. make sure theirs is. Plus, there's another thing. It's like, you want to know where the crazies are. Right. Because if you stop everybody from whoever speaks up, you're like, all right, we're killing their ass. 
people will still be crazy. They just won't speak up. Exactly. So that's why Next I don't like a lot of the censorship stuff. Flower campaign to get flush them out. <laughs> exactly. Well, he has some. He has some decent ideas. But um, but no, like that's one thing. Another thing I'd be curious to know that's kind of relevant to right now is like so China when this was happening, mm-hmm. like and I'm not a gun nut by any stretch, um, but like. Did the population have access to like weapons? Weapons, no. yeah. Most of them were farmers. They yeah, just so had- then, like they couldn't have fought back even no. after six, seven hundred thousand of them were getting killed. Right. Like they, like what are they going to do? They can't fight. They literally right. can't rise up. Yeah, they're, they, they're, they have no. Pretty to- much, I think worldwide, we're probably the most armed of anyone. We actually as far are as citizens, right? By a by a mile, right? Like I, the thing is, is I'm I'm not anti-gun. And I, I I think that it is good to, you know, allow the people to have access to guns. The way that the current gun control like methods are, it's ridiculous. Like there's barely any skin you can you need to be background checks. There needs to be mental health evaluations. It it doesn't need to be it, it's it's kind of convoluted the way they go about it. Like in California, they go about it in the wrong way. And in Texas, they go about it. So California is an example of the wrong way of trying to be overbearing on gun control. And then in Texas, it's good. Eh, every, anybody can have a gun. It's it's two sides of the same coin of just the worst ways to do it. Right. You're, right. Some, like intelligent people need to come up with a plan. You know, like in Texas, all you need is a driver's license to go in. I want a shotgun. Okay, Steve, here's your shotgun. Let me see your driver's license. Okay, that's good. 600 bucks. There you go. You're out the door. You know, you never know if Steve could go like wipe out his family because he had a bad day with his, the, the wife and you know stuff like that. How would you do it? Oh, it's gonna be like a huge. It's my idea is you do background checks, but then if there's, it's also based upon a lot of the mental, um, a lot of like mental health checks and stuff like that. So it that you tie it into somehow I don't know because of like HIPAA rules and stuff like that. But if there's someone has had some sort of like mental health. You know, problems that's been reported. That's which been probably, reported. Yeah, but then, the only problem with that is nowadays, eighty percent of this population is on some kind of antidepressant. Right. That's everybody. Well, man. okay, but see, that's the thing. I also think to that's one facet of this is just my opinion. So if you don't agree with me, that's fine. You don't agree with me. I'm not here to start a debate or argue with anybody. But um, that's one side. If someone's been reported to be violent, you know, they have a certain amount of arrests or violent, you know, actually, if they've then you don't get a gun. If you um. You know, if you've had any sort of mental illness reported that would can be considered threatening, you don't get a gun. On top of that, you should have to take. This is like the reverse Oprah. Everyone gets a car. <laughs> Probably. Like, you have a problem. You don't get a gun. It's, <laughs> but it's like it's more like common you sense. You cut stuff. me off in traffic. You don't get a gun. <laughs> but uh, I also think there should be some sort of mental health screening test. For sure, I agree. Yeah. That like a written test and then also like an oral test. Oh, so now you're going after the people who can't read or write. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> see, see me see me i'm still i'm still Fair all the way for just like everybody should have access i but see like, and here's why though because the minute anyone tries to do checks and balances it costs money like well, well, that's not a reason not, not to keep that like that's not a really good reason to not keep guns out of psychopaths yeah. But, but here, hands. yeah but here's the point though um i don't know how much criminal element you guys have ever been around but every person i know who's a criminal and known in my life can get a gun whether no matter what the fucking laws are, bro. They don't mean shit. All you're yeah. doing is keeping it out of the hands. Well, of the I mean, might need to defend it, for, defend themselves. Every criminal can go get anything they want, pretty much. Well, yeah. I mean, but it's just a matter like, of money. 
That's like the saying, like, well, why have any laws? Because anyone who wants to break them is going to break them. Yeah. No, no. What I'm saying is <laughs> but until you, until proven that you've done something wrong, I don't see what you can really do about it. No, uh, that's that's the danger of guns. Make I mean, it a little bit harder to get your hands on them in yeah. the first place. It's um, it, here's the thing. I don't and I, make I the laws what, super 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 punitive on people who get caught. Well, that without, that's what I'm right. saying. Like if there was like a in New check, York, right. what's it? If you commit a violent birth, crime, okay, then but yeah. Primarily, this a lot of this could be solved, at least in my opinion. Put chips in everybody. Yes, I agree. No, I'm not for that. But <laughs> here's here's my thought on this. That's your cell phone, anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It kind of is your cell phone. Um, if you want to, if you want to free up like money and police forces and stuff like that, just make all drugs legal, and then institute a way to help people that actually want to get off drugs. Because so much money is spent on that, you know, people are gonna people. It's it's gonna make drugs less of a stigma. I think people would probably be less inclined to become addicted to drugs or to even try drugs. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe that's just my personal opinion. But if you're not spending all this billions of dollars in quote the war on drugs, mm-hmm. you can use that for more positive things, such as wars on the world. Yes, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Anyways, we totally went down a crazy deep rabbit hole. We'd probably go on that for another twenty minutes. You know, we're gonna have. I mean, even we're gonna have different opinions between us. What, like, I do understand what you're saying, Juan. Like, you know, people. If everyone had access, then everyone's gonna feel protected mutually in, assured destruction mutually exactly the law of mutually assured destruction in texas i feel like that's a little bit more thing that's the positive of it the negative of it is the people that are irresponsible with their guns or they allow their children access to their guns and the kids take their guns into the schools like i come from a family where gun safety was practiced you were told like here you can shoot this in the appropriate setting and this is how you behave with it and we don't play games with this this is a very serious thing this is like a weapon and a tool you don't play joke you know you don't play around with this this isn't a joking matter this is very serious unfortunately there's a lot of people out there that don't think that way or they don't take it very seriously like if i i don't have a gun i'm gonna get one but if i did have one it would be secured in a place where i only knew where it was to where you couldn't get to it quick enough if somebody broke in no 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 it would be (laughs) it would be but like i'm not gonna like leave okay i don't have any kids i don't have that to worry about but if i did it would be somewhere where the kid couldn't get access to it because even if i had a law for that i would why can't they just have a fingerprint scanner on the gun trick they do that's how they get you they actually have fingerprint. I found a cool gun safe that is a fingerprint scanner now too. And I thought that's perfect. That's what I would get. And like 200 bucks. Simple. You know, there's things like that that could be do it. But it's just the people that are irresponsible that make it hard for the good people. It's kind of one of those really bad situations where a few people mess it up for the good people. And you I will know, say I'd primarily be- most of the people that commit really horrific crimes have committed other crimes prior. Exactly. That. And that's where my and violent crime. Right. And that's Fire where all my... starts at pot. Cause it's a gateway drug. <laughs> all right, moving on. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> For the record, I think pot should be legal, but anyway, uh, yeah, I do too. It's, it is where I'm sitting. The, uh, the thing is the thing about pot. And like, I, I've never smoked pot, never going to, but I'm like, if somebody else wants to let them practice their choice. Does your mom listen to this podcast? Is that what's going on here? My mom died uh, oh my 14 God. years ago. <laughs> 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 so R. if R. he P, does R. listen 
Because she's in heaven. <laughs> That's how you try to dig yourself out real quick. <laughs> you, you know what's actually been kind of enjoyable? Every once in a while, someone will say something. When someone, you know, but someone oh, will say they drop a mom They line? do your mom joke. Oh. And I'm just like, my mom, my mom died in a car accident in 2006 with my uh, pregnant sister-in-law. Dear God. And usually, like... Everything goes silent. And then I'm like, but I'm good natured about it. I'm not angry with you. <laughs> <laughs> That'll make them feel like this small. It, yeah, it's usually. And they're like, you know what? You get a gun. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> I'd be curious. Has there ever been a country that's like super well armed that's ever been invaded? Uh, I, I would have to go look up at the stats on that. Anyways, I guess that's, Russia's been invaded, but during world but, wars. Yeah, and also it's Russia's one of those things. That you just don't invade Russia. Not in the winter. That's a loss guarantee. <laughs> yeah. Historically, you're gonna lose. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. The, the whole gun. We could do a whole episode on like the gun debate forever. And like I, I here's the thing: as someone who has lost someone in their family, not due to guns, but due to like uh, dying too soon, you know. Like for me, it's similar to the thing of like, you know, my three people in my family were killed by actually four people in my family were killed by accidents involving cars. And does that mean that I think, you know, all cars should be automatic or no one should be allowed to drive? Do I car cars the most dangerous thing now? Should we ban cars? No. Someone was irresponsible. Three people, four people in my family died because of it. It's not the car's fault. Somebody made a really bad decision. I let that go a long time ago because I didn't want to become bitter for the rest of my life. Smart move. I realized that I could be bitter or I could deal with it and heal and go to therapy and then become a better person. And I mean, like still the pain lives with me, but it's not as bad as someone who would be bitter. Cause like everyone knows that one person who's bitter and angry over whatever, you know, the ex-wife, the ex-husband, the job they got fired from that they liked, whatever it is, you know, the, their mom, their dad issues or whatever. And they carry that one around with them. And they're just like the most miserable person because they just never let it go. And I was like, I don't want to become that. So wise, I chose to move. change. I chose to, you know, do the, you should run thing. a whole country. We shouldn't question a thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would I would be a great leader. Yes, uh, I get it. <laughs> call me Kim Jong Mark. That'll be our next country. You do have some serious South Korean or not South Korean. <laughs> <laughs> North Korean vibes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, all I gotta They're say like, is We're still I listening. Yeah, I, I got. I need my silver chopsticks and I need my fresh lobster every day on my private armored train. And you got yourself a deal. Sounds, reason, and, uh, sounds reasonable. Have sex with that cow, please. <laughs> That's all he's got to do to get that deal. <laughs> That's the kind of power he'll be wielding. Uh, and Adam and Juan will be invited to all the parties. Nice. Nah, uh, we're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't keep quiet for very long. <laughs> no, like, okay, if I was, okay, here's the thing. If I was like the leader of a country, you know what I would do? I Whatever would the fuck you wanted. Exactly. Which means like, I would be like, who are all the funniest comedians in Houston? They're going to be my cabinet. Or you're like, who are the funniest people in Houston? Kill them all. And you're like, I'm now the funniest person in Houston. <laughs> no, I would just make it like a total joke. <laughs> You know, wrong with that. But like, what, well, what, you're really cutting to the chase, kind of limiting the competition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, 
I would have so much fun. It's not even funny. Anyways, back to the topic of the Great Leap Forward before we go down this for another 20 minutes. Uh, Mao also made statements publicly that showed the people that he really didn't care if his policies led to the deaths of many millions of people. At the same summit in the Soviet Union, Mao said in regards to the possibility of World War III, quote, let us imagine how many people would die if war breaks out. There are 2.7 billion people in the world, and one third of them could be lost. If it's a little higher, it could be up to half. I say that if the worst, comes to, worst came to the worst and one half dies, there would still be one half left. But if imperialism would be erased and the whole world would become socialist, and after a few years, there would be 2.7 billion people again. Well, it's like a, it's like a, what's the word for it? It's like, that's like a book. It's like a logical, like just taking all emotion out of it. it might be technically accurate. Technically but accurate, but also pretty monstrous to very say callous. If you're a leader of a country, right? The thing about like these world leaders and like him and Stalin and Hitler and these people like that, it's you're used to a life of luxury and everything has just become numbers to you, so you don't care. Mm-hmm. And they and they think that their their way of doing thing is a hundred percent guaranteed to work, right? Which nothing ever is, right? And actually, one slogan Mao said during the Great Leap Forward was he when people would you know say like oh things are bad he would say you know a hundred years of suffering for ten thousand years of happiness. If he was right, but clearly <laughs> he wasn't right. <laughs> yeah. So so like if you could like hypothetically. You could flip a switch and you knew half the population was going to disappear. Yeah. Like Thanos. Yeah. And that's the whole, I guess, the premise of that movie. It is. And that would lead to the rest of known existence in the universe uh-huh. was going to be in harmony. Would you do it? Would I do it? No. Selfish. I personally wouldn't do it. No, it's not selfish. It's just. Like, I don't think I should, me personally, I don't think that someone like me should have the power to just kill millions or billions of people. Even if like, I don't know, I'm, that's just how I'm, I'm, I believe. So you just let like people, billions upon billions upon okay, billions here's the upon thing. billions continue here's the to thing. suffer. I don't believe that even if you killed this large number of people, that it, there is going to be happiness because there's still going to be disagreements between people. There's still going to be people doing shitty things to each well, other. Well, it's a hypothetical situation. You have to suspend right. what's believable. Anytime that you're going to use death, violence, intimidation, there's never a peaceful end to that. If you, if you go into a smaller version of that, say like an inner city, right? You got rival gangs, right? That gang kills a family member of another gang member from the opposing gang. It, and that person's going to hunt them down the rest of their life. Right. Like, it never ends. It doesn't matter. You kill, you know, if you kill so many people, say 10 million people, well, you're going to have uh, 10 million people hunting for 10 million more. You know what I mean? It doesn't end. Human nature is to break even. Well, that, that's true to an extent. But, like, if there's some monsters out there, you can't just let them, like, spread. That's why wars happen. Like, right. like, yeah, we don't want to have to throw bodies and violence at this. But if we don't do anything, it's eventually going to get to our doorstep. Well, no, no, I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying for them to believe that there's going to be like they could do something that drastic, and there's just going to be some utopia. Well, that's clearly what that's he thought. Just, yeah, it's just ridiculous. A hundred years of suffering for ten thousand years of 
of happiness. Happiness. It's mathematically that's a great deal. But yeah, I love when people give you the result before they do it. Right. If it wasn't like, for the great Satan that is the U.S. keeping them from <laughs> achieving their goals, they'd be on track right now. Uh, I well, as you'll see, it wasn't because of the U.S. that all this happened. But many people in America didn't know what was going on. And then even now, most people in the America still didn't even know that it happened. Right. So clearly, <laughs> I saw a video of a guy. He was like, all of this is just made up by America. No, dude. No. Like the like American media made it up. No. Nobody told anything about it because they didn't know about it. Like, that sounds like something Mel Gibson's dad might believe. Yeah. It does. <laughs> Anyways, Mel didn't care how he achieved his goals. The only thing that mattered to him was being right and achieving his goals. And he didn't care if half of the world's population died in war as long as the world followed his personal beliefs and ideology. The first changes Mal made was the production of grain. He led his loyal he sorry, he had his loyal followers set up agricultural communes where farmers and their families were moved to and put to work. These communes had daycares for the children, dormitories for everybody, and a canteen to provide food. Sounds simple and nice, right? The government provided for everyone's needs and everyone was happy. Well, it's not that simple. First, to build the communes, the local cadre, which cadre was like a local party leader, you know, in the area, because it went like, you know, the central government, then the province, then like a district and then village, you know, many different cadres up like the chain of command. The cadre went to the village and he told the people that now they were forced to relocate to a commune and then their homes and the homes of many others were demolished to provide the necessary building materials to build the commune. Often homes of the people who weren't selected to work on the commune were destroyed to provide the necessary building materials. So imagine that one day you're at home, Cadre comes by, hey, we need your home. We need the wood and that for to build this commune. Okay. Well, you took my neighbor. Are you taking me? Nah, figure it out. Like imminent domain? Yeah. Like on a massive scale? On a massive scale. Yeah. And so the people then were put to work growing grain while Mao and his party leaders set the goals for grain production. The goals for grain output were not based on actual numbers that were possible, but numbers Mao wanted to achieve. Mao would ask a cadre how much grain his territory could produce. And for example, they would say five tons and he would come back with them and say, uh, the goal you have to achieve is 10 tons. Ridiculous. Yeah. Well, actually, and also along the lines of the helms that were destroyed in, I thought I had wrote it down, but I remember it. Uh, at the time when they were building the communes, 40% of the homes in China were destroyed to build these communes. Were there like, wow. were there like, apartment buildings put in their place nope. or was like something more e like economic no they would they they didn't the only thing that they took and built was then the communes and then certain people were taken to the communes and put to work but not everybody got replacement homes that so they where needed. they live they had to like build you know lean-tos you know tent city you know obviously they didn't have tents but they had to build shelter for themselves out of whatever they could find Yikes. Called the ghetto. Yeah. So, but he didn't care because, ah, 100 years of suffering for 10,000 years of happiness. So these people were, yeah, put to work growing grain. Okay, sorry. I already read that. Uh, Mao also implemented, oh my gosh, here we go. Mao also implemented a colored flag system. He would give out his 
uh, list of expected quotas to be filled to the cadres, and when the yields would come in, he would give the cadre a colored flag. If you didn't meet the quota, you received a white flag. If you barely met your quota, you received a gray flag. And if you exceeded your quota, you received a red flag. This system led to the cadres to begin to push the people under them to outperform the next commune or the next region or whatever, often through violence, especially if they received a white flag, as receiving a white flag was seen as extremely shameful. Now, this made me think. Imagine if women used the flag method after sex. The three of us would have such a massive collection of white flags with a couple of gray ones thrown in there. I, I think we could probably clothe a small country with all the white flags. This guy. You know, it's fucking crimson <laughs> in that closet. Fucking got nothing but red flags in there. Dude, my, my sex room is red. Dude, that's just, that's just your sock drawer. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of white. A lot of white. Some grays on a good day. <laughs> like had a nap or something. <laughs> or she just has really low so, quotas, if you know what uh, I mean. If I was oh a woman, I would start doing this right away with the flags. Yeah, just that. to I, seriously. So, ladies, there's a freebie for you out there. I feel like there's probably a, a website that I, exists. I feel like there's a bunch of them thinking you right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, don't even speak <laughs> this you. into existence, Mark. What the fuck are you doing? Uh, I was wondering I'm, where I'm you were going right with now. that. I'm like, about the fucking. <laughs> You started talking about women. I was like, oh shit, where's he going? With this? <laughs> like, like, okay. I'm not trying to live. I'm getting old, man. <laughs> Here's a white flag for you. <laughs> That's one thing like, that is especially frustrating for anyone who's worked in any kind of sales, which yeah. I have most of my career, is that when you have an unrealistic quota, it is supremely demoralizing. Yeah. You're like, you're like I could literally work 24 hours a day, yeah, and I won't, and I'll still get shamed. Yeah, it's oh, that's I bad. and every yeah. and every day starting at zero, right? Yeah, it's just like that's just a horrible work experience. I've been through that too, and I I hated it so much. Yeah, sales is rough, especially when you have insane quotas. Yeah, I've it's, I've it's, done some sales work, and it's it is extremely demoralizing because like I, re I remember putting in like long, long days, getting up early, getting home super late. And I'm like, I literally got nowhere today mm -hmm. by, by what I'm supposed. I was just like, this is impossible. Can you imagine adding an element of like, and you're not going to live if you yeah. don't make your quota. Exactly. Yeah. It's crazy. So and, pure misery. Yeah, exactly. Pure misery. And so then like, Oh yeah. And if you don't, meet these goals we're just gonna beat the shit out of you yeah that's awful yeah there's a lot i wonder how they made these goals like is it based at all on like a plot of land can how much it can realistically we'll get into some more okay that, i i did a little more research it's about so, fucking time <laughs> <laughs> initially like Dial that shit up, <laughs> initially in the first season the farmers had a bountiful harvest sorry harvest leading to China having an excess amount of grain. Mao was extremely pleased by this, and he told his people that since they had an excess of grain, they should eat more. He encouraged people to eat five meals a day so the grain didn't go to waste. Families Sell it. <laughs> Precisely. Families <laughs> had so much extra grain, they were throwing it away. In one region, the local carters said that he just... Or in that in the... 
that he saw discarded grain that was 30 inches deep. Damn. So it worked. It worked at first. Gotcha. So, once the people saw the surplus of grain, they realized that they had achieved the communist utopia that Mao had promised. Uh, China is now the world's most populous country. They lead the world in all industries. They produce the best, most advanced technology. And the poorest people in China are all millionaires. And they have the best of everything. They have the world's best sports teams, the best healthcare system. Everyone is so happy in China. Thanks to the Great Leap Forward, it was such a success that there is no racial or sexual inequality of any kind in China today. Men treat women with complete imperfect respect, and they accept every outsider with open arms. It is truly a paradise. And all the guys get laid. Hey. Oh, I'm sorry. Moving to China. That, sorry. That was from an article I found in a parallel universe. Oh, okay. I, I, so what, uh, what is their take from it? Like, obviously, it's been some peaks and valleys. But I, like, I watched this documentary about um, their one child policy. Yeah. And the people are like, yeah, this was really tough, but it had to be done. Yeah. And I was like, Ugh, but you're if you're grim. indoctrinated into that, then it seems yeah. right and just to you. Plus, you, there's no way you can dissent and not right. have negative consequences. Right. right, it's it's pretty crazy. So yeah, or if you can't get through a podcast without one of your five shitting kids interrupting you, <laughs> yeah, start looking like it's making a little sense. You know I mean? <laughs> it's like you could have been it, man. You could have been it. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, obviously you need to, you want to have the freedom to, to do whatever you want to do. Right. Yeah. But no, that really being don't. said, <laughs> like, if you can't afford to take care of your kids, mm-hmm. what the, what's the, what's the ethics behind that? Yeah. One, <laughs> I, you know what? I have so many opinions on that <laughs> because I, I mean, it's not to sound shitty, but like, and not to open a whole can of worms, but yeah, man, that's this is gonna be the something I just don't understand. Episode. Why are people having kids yeah. when they just don't give a fuck? Yeah. Like, what, why are you keeping them? Uh, I mean, well, I'm not saying it's black. not exactly I, easy I just, to not have the kid once you've uh, had the sex. Yeah. So it's, I think a lot of us just either can't afford to not have it or they're delusional and they want to have it for whatever. I say it it sounds so impersonal. But it's, it's, yeah. No, I know a lot of parents who don't even raise their kids. It's just like these, it's crazy, man. I know, I know some, I know there's people out there because I know someone personally who had a child. She didn't want a kid, but she got pregnant, you know, unexpectedly had the kid. Now her parents raised the kid like, 60 70 percent of the time she sort of takes care of the kid and then uh when she found out okay i haven't talked to her in years but anyways last time i talked to her she said well my government assistance is uh, sorry my government assistance is going to end when he turns seven so i'm just going to need to get pregnant again jeez and i was like okay i'm not talking to you i'm like that's so messed up to like Bring a child into a situation like that. That's ridiculous. And then you're putting the burden on your parents even more because then they're going to feel guilty. Oh, no, they're putting the burdens on taxpayers. Believe me, man. I know people that know this system very well and blatantly use pregnancies to make it where they really don't have to work. Mm -hmm. I mean, it sounds shitty, but it's true. (laughs) 
<laughs> we have gone on more tangents on this episode. I know, but it's, these are, these are like whole episode could be about the guns, yeah, about the welfare state. Or, I was just going to say, population give them growth. guns. Give them guns. Why? <laughs> yep, they'll slip up and be a shitty parent sooner. Or later. <laughs> so, like, we'll be, we'll be that's what. Th- so, I've had some like some just thought experiments mm-hmm. about like ways to solve major issues, mm-hmm. and I think a, like a big one would be like. Not to have any um, unwanted, unwanted pregnancies. Yeah. So, like, think of all the problems that would solve. Yeah. But, like, the way you run into problems, though, is, like, it's ultra non-American. Right. To start restricting Deep, people's bodies right. and what they can do, what they can't do. Yeah. But if you just had to, like, apply and, and make it the smallest bar to get over, like, just apply to prove that you could reasonably afford it. Even yeah. if you couldn't, but but it's, but it's close. Yeah, and you still could have the kid, but still have to apply. Yeah, think of all we'd have a utopia. Yeah, <laughs> this is how China probably got started. They're like, look, if we do these logical things and we all adhere to it, yeah. it's going to be great. And then the truth is, you behold, cannot control sucks. human nature, and human nature always finds a shitty way to take advantage that of any is situation. True. Yeah, it's true. So now that you've said that, though, Adam, I'm voting for you. Adam Radliff, hey. 2020. Hey, I got some more ideas you're going <laughs> to like. <laughs> we can run together and we can just, you know, cause a big old fracas. Anyways, encouraged by this early success, Mao declared that all of the quotas should be raised. A cadre of a commune would meet with wait, his... Wait, 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 hold on. He wanted to raise them even though they had to throw away a ton of stuff. Yep. What the fuck's the point of that? Because yeah, where's this logic okay, going but on? This see, one? He wanted to outperform everybody in the West, so it wasn't about what's reasonable or what's possible. It's just this is how much like Great Britain puts contests. out. We have to do more. It's like I'm gonna swim around you while you're in floaties, you little bitch, right. like that. Right. He probably yeah. peed in the water too. I'm sure. Um, a co- <laughs> <laughs> throwing subtle shade. <laughs> Damn, he's a monster already. Does he also have to be a pool pisser? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so a cadre of a commune would meet with his superior, and then they would discuss what the commune could produce, and then the leader of the region would require that the quota of the grain be raised from, say, 10 to 15 tons. Then that leader of the region would then meet with the leader of the province, and then the leader of the province would say that, hey, you know what? You told me you could do 15 tons. Now I need you to do 20. So by the time all the quotas made it up to the party headquarters in Tamau, they had become greatly overly inflated, and then the quotas were extremely impossible to achieve. And actually, in the book, it was even written that Mao would even look at the quotas that were already inflated and say that they weren't good enough, and he would say, we got to tack another 100 million tons on top of that. He would just like pull stuff out of his butt, and then we got to do more. Plus, you know what I just thought of? Are they making literally anything else? Yeah, we'll get into that. They're making other things. So, but his big thing was the production of steel and grain. He was like, we got to be the UK in steel and grain. So, How about beans, beans with the grain? Then at least you have a complete meal. I don't know where the steel's coming up. <laughs> I don't, beans and rice. Can you imagine being able to have beans and rice for every meal? Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Red beans and rice, specifically. Mm, Yeah, okay. So back to, i got (laughs) to say this one more time. Juan, we need to go to New Orleans. Oh, it's great. Oh, man. 
It's cr- I almost, dude, I, I swear to you, if I had been healthier this week, I probably would have flew out. And I would have taken a couple days off and we would have driven to New Orleans and we would have had the time of our lives. Flights are ultra cheap right now. Oh, we'd fly. So cheap. Dude, round trip, 110. What? For, yeah, for obvious reasons. I, yeah, for ob- I don't care. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, I'm, I'm one of those you crazy gotta get, I'm sure, a healthy I'm one of those immune system. crazy people out there that didn't go stock up on toilet paper and water and just bought hand sanitizer and Lysol and soap. And I feel pretty confident. Well, yeah. <laughs> Haven't you also been to like war zones? And all yeah. Kinds of- yeah. <laughs> so Mal was encouraged, but this obviously wasn't enough for him. He instituted what he, uh, is known as a cl- close cropping policy. Mal instructed that the farmer should plant twice as many seeds in the same space to increase the crop yield. When this was told to the farmers initially, many of the farmers protested. They had been farmers here for generations, and they knew that in order to grow properly, seeds needed space. If too many seeds tried to grow in the same space, they choke each other out and die. But Mao refused to listen to any of his people or his advisors or intellectuals. Absolutely tragic. Exactly. So especially the people that were experienced in agriculture. Mao refused to trust intellectuals. He believed that his policies could change and subvert science. Any farmers or cadres who expressed their concerns about close cropping were beaten or put into hard labor camps to be, again, quote, re-educated, motivated by fear of getting a white flag, which would lead to more beatings. The cadres began to push the farmers to work harder to produce more grain. See, I would be dead if I were over there. Oh, that yeah. was going on. Yeah. So I'd be like, are you that, oh, this, that, that people who are in power who just, refuse to listen to people who have any expertise right that is the one thing that drives me the most crazy yeah like pol pot's probably similar yeah. uh, it's like like but brainwashed or not at some point the guy in charge who is in the know is gonna snap right but like how many layers that's what i hate about like communism the most you see it in like r- stuff that happened in russia stuff that happened in china like you watch chernobyl yeah i'm like because you have so many people in the, this bureaucracy that's already super bloated that have no idea how uh, the power plants work. Right. Why are they involved in the decisions exactly. at all? Right. And then it's like, and it's constantly like, well, as long as it's not my fault. Yeah. And it's continually goes up and up and up. And when you get to the top, the person was like, no, fuck science. Science is bullshit. Yeah. And then you're everyone's fucked. Yeah. That really. That really pissed me off. And that really frustrates me too, because there are people out there that know what they're talking about. Like these farmers, they're like, Hey, right. we can't do this. The crops won't grow. No, just do it anyway. Because Mao said so, because he's the leader. And they're like, no, no, our families have been literally doing this for hundreds of years. We would be doing it if it worked. And like, Oh, okay. Well now we're just going to beat the shit out of you yeah. because you disagree with us. Yeah. They were just being lazy this whole time. So ridiculous. that's like idi- idiocracy with the, yeah, giving Brondo to yeah. the to the plants like well, it's got electrolytes. So yeah, it doesn't help. You know what I just thought of? What's that? Doesn't America owe China like trillions of dollars? Yeah. What if the Great Leap Forward worked? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's interesting? There's a documentary right now on on uh, Amazon mm-hmm. Prime or whatever. 
and it's talking about that basically, and that guy, dude, they're kind of winning. Yeah, no, they <laughs> are kind of they, they like, actually are. We're gonna get into a little more about that later on at the end, because like I, I think that they probably have like the haves and have-nots like us, like times mm-hmm. a million. Yeah, but they do have a ton of people. Yeah, and they are kind of kicking our ass right now. They're second in overall GDP to us. USA still is number one in GB- GDP, but I wouldn't be surprised in the next 10 to 20 years, they're going to overtake in number but one just GDP. The, just on sheer numbers, it, it's yeah. like, almost like they have to. Yeah, it's, it's inevitable. Think their if they growth been, rate? Think if they're capitalists. Their growth? Oh, yeah. If they were capitalists, they'd lead in everything. The Which, gro- why not? Exactly. Yeah. But as long as they're not leaning on us. Exactly. The growth rate there is supposed to be number one, but... Um, China has always inflated their numbers on that, so they don't really think they think it's more like four or five billion. No, f- fourth or fifth in the world country oh, okay. of like how fast their GDP is growing. Oh, I got you. I got you. I thought so, you were talking about like population. No, 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 no. Just like how their GDP is growing. So it's growing, but not as quick as they're claiming it's growing. Uh, we'll get into some more on that later because they're skewing the numbers and trying to force growth and change and it's starting to catch up with them i think the yeah the bubble may burst sooner or later so you think trump's on to something i got you all right moving on <laughs> so <laughs> so mao yeah. also declared war on birds now i didn't make this up this is not a joke or a bad story that i made up he actually declared war on birds Now, as you may or may not know, birds eat seeds. So Mao instructed farmers to have people shoot birds and others to bang pots and pans together or other objects to create noise to scare away any birds 24 hours a day. Well, that sounds fun. So I imagine very few people got a quality night's sleep. Most of the birds they scared away were sparrows. And according to the reports coming from the China at the time, the noise was so widespread, the birds would fly until they were exhausted and then they died and fell to the ground. Holy shit. Yeah. Now, besides seeds, what else do sparrows eat? Worms. Insects. Oh. While the sparrow population went nearly extinct, insects took over the fields and began killing much of the grain. Oh, so they eat everything. So, like biblical, close <laughs> cropping, and then insect plague. Yikes! Self-created on Why both they, fronts. And this was all. Oh, oh this, no, he's clearly a genius. This is to keep the birds from eating the seeds. Right. Their only their thought process went one step. Right. See, it, this is what happens. Right. When you don't listen to reason and people you who don't know listen better. To experts. Yeah. All you need is one scarecrow. Exactly. I've seen old pi- pictures of old farms. <laughs> so. As a part of a propaganda campaign, Mao went out to the communes and then worked in the fields himself as a show for the cameras. After about two hours of work, Mao complained about how it was too hot to work and far too exhausting to actually do the work, and he said aloud he didn't know how any people could do this work, and then he retired to his luxurious private quarters. No fucking way. Seriously. He had the balls to come out and actually say on the record... Man, this is too hard for me to do. Yep. And then still keep making people do it. Yep. This guy sounds like a prick. Yeah, because it's not him. Exactly. It's just that simple. Was he, like that a, a was he in like terrible sociopath. shape? He was in not great. He was like in his 40s or 50s, but he yeah, was he overweight. Was like, uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't used to doing physical labor. But like he was like, in, actually, there was another story where he went out to help and he did the same thing. He's like, this is ridiculous. This is too much. I'm going to go chill. 
Now, what if, what if, hear me out, what if he was reasonable-ish, mm-hmm. but everybody in between him and the people, like they weren't ever reporting how miserable these people, how many people were dying, and they were lying to their higher-ups no, this whole he, time. He, he, he knew? He, he knew. He knew. He knew. I'm just saying, you know. That, while that just, is possible, no. He knew. So as the great leap forward progressed, the state began to take more and more of the grain. By the time the next harvest came around, about one third of the grain was being taken by the state to be, quote, distributed in the cities. Mao was also taking large portions of the grain and giving it away for free as foreign aid to try and prove to the West that his plan was succeeding. He was like, hey, we're making so much grain that I'm just giving away hundreds of millions of tons of this. Because we don't need it. Well, actually, doesn't America kind of do that too? Yeah. Because we have people who are under the poverty line, and we're still giving out trillions of dollars to different countries all All over the world. America kind of does that too. (laughs) So, but... What lesson do we learn, folks? America and China, both evil. (laughs) (laughs) Just as the farmers had feared the close cropping led to less usable grain and lower yields and harvest, along with the insect plague killing off a lot of the grain that did grow. When the state came to collect the grain, many communes were left with little, and most of them were left with no grain at all. Quickly, people went from having more food than they could eat to having to eat tree bark and boiled grass. It was a massive man-made famine, and sadly, the very people that were farming the grain were the ones dying because the people in the cities were considered priority, so they got what grain the state did distribute to the populace, and then the farmers weren't getting the food that they needed to survive. Man, I feel like, didn't this shit like that happen in Russia, too? Mm-hmm. That happened, they, did, they stole from some other country. It happened that was in like Ukraine. One of their, that's it was what, the yeah. Ukraine famine. I see, that sounds so familiar. Yeah. Man, it's like Sounds the like American propaganda screwed, is what it is. <laughs> not kidding. So the collective farms were not the only aspect of the Great Leap Forward. Mao also initiated a plan to put millions to work in, quote, backyard furnaces making steel. Mao ordered the, that the people build small furnaces in their backyards. This sounds safe. Once again, people's homes were torn down to build these backyard furnaces, just the lack of logical thinking and forethought just astounds me. It's this is ridiculous. So, well, the repetition of it is what's astounding. Right. But, but like, if it was like something that was ultra rare that you could like, and you planned on selling it, like there are like the Middle East, they survive because they have a ton of oil. Right, it's something that's super valuable, somewhat rare. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, we'll be a one commodity country. Yeah, I mean, it's very unstable. Yeah. But as long as you kind of stick together, together. it can work. Yeah. So it's like, I just don't think grain or steel or no. steel. I mean, there's so many, any other like big enough country like France, America, like UK would be fucked. Like UK couldn't, if they didn't, couldn't import grain that, no. yeah, they'd be screwed. They'd but be like, screwed. and, but those just aren't unique enough items unless like if they were super valuable and they could sell them and import everything else they need. Right guess it could technically work but it's just like why would you pick those two? maybe because they're easy well it was that was his thing and then at that time uk was one of the leaders in grain and steel and he just wanted to oh it was just a big dick yeah exactly it's just yeah we need to beat the west that was his whole thinking we have to outperform 
the UK. That was like they why was, would he pick us as his? His because target. the Soviet Union had already said we're going to outperform America, so he was oh, like, cute. "Well, I'm going to outproduce <laughs> the UK then." That's well, he I guarantee he outproduced him in grain. <laughs> yeah. So once the backyard furnaces were built, the cadres ordered that any metal people owned was to be melted down to use to make steel, so the state could sell it and export <laughs> it. People were forced to melt their pots and pans their tractors and their farming equipment <laughs> and any other metal in these backyard furnaces. That now, can't be a, real. That I, can't be real. How real. many times can you shoot yourself in the foot? That's real. Insanity. Like, I have a question for you. What do you need when you're trying to grow an insane amount of grain? Farming equipment. Farm equipment. Exactly. That's so, ridiculous. So the farmers were having to make tools from wood and whatever else they could find. They're going backwards. Exactly. How is this not taught in every public school exactly. ever? <laughs> I feel like there'd be so much less dissent of the average person. Yeah. Uh, there's so much less of an appetite for communism. Yeah. If they, everyone knew this kind of stuff. I do too. Yeah. Like, why is this not taught? I don't know why this isn't taught. I think this story should be taught because it's, it's just like common sense, dude. Yeah. Common sense. The stupid thing was, so Mao, the, I think I get it more here a little bit later. I'm not exactly sure if I did or not. If I did, I'll just skip it later on. Um, so at this time, a lot of the grain Mao was taking, so the, the backyard furnaces and the grain stuff, these things were going on at the same time. Right. He was trying to have it go at the same time. So as he's having all of his people melt down all of their useful farming equipment, he's taking the grain that he's taking from them, starving them, and then he's trading it with the Soviet Union for farming equipment. <laughs> like, oh what? What kind of... Uh, like, I was like, what? Is there farming equipment like an uh, order of magnitude more efficient? No, no it's just... Because like, I could see... Again, because like, if they're so... Behind the times, like yeah, uh, the versus the uh, Russia and America, mm -hmm. uh, it's where we have like those. You see those gigantic tractors that yeah. like they could do the work of hundreds, hundreds of people. Of yeah. So if that was his logic, I could kind of see it. But if that's if he's just straight up dumb, and it's <laughs> like, uh, like I don't where think he's not looking at the full. Like the I don't whole picture. think Mal. I think Mal. I don't think Mal was dumb or an. He apparently didn't consult anyone I about just, anything. No, I think it was he had specific goals and he was so hyper focused on his specific goals that was the only thing that mattered to him. So anything, any other logical reasoning about this affects that and that affects that and that affects that didn't matter to him because no, we just need to produce this much of this and this much of this. I bet you what happened was these cadres or whatever they're called. They got a number for like, hey, you need to make this much steel. Yeah. And like, oh, fuck, we don't want to get a, a white, white flag. flag. Like, so they melted down all the stuff. And the higher, higher ups probably had no idea they were doing that until it was too late. Like, oh, wait, you did what now? <laughs> like, okay, we're going to have to go buy some new equipment. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's just it's, so asinine to be is. like, so there must have been a miscommunication or some kind of fuck up because that just doesn't make logical sense. So, yeah. And so, Asians are good at math, so that is. They, <laughs> I had to slip that in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so all of this, you know, having to go, you know, get rid of their tools and equipment made the work for the farmers even harder. So the cadres ordered that the people were to work longer hours and shifts 
were to go 24 hours a day. There's actually pictures of people doing this through the night. Uh, the steel stuff? or the And the f- farming. Like, crops take a certain amount of time to grow, people. Right, but pulling weeds and watering and stuff like that. Like, if this was... They were trying to industrialize their workforce to the nth degree. That it was, sounds like such hell. Yeah. So the work was constant on the farms and in the furnaces. The sheer amount of backyard furnaces did result in a huge amount of steel being made. How but, good could that steel possibly be? But the quality of the steel was so poor exactly. that it was completely unusable and was left to just rust because nobody wanted to buy it. Shocker. At the same time, Mao was making deals with other communist nations to sell them goods, but in a matter of months, they were receiving complaints because of the poor quality of the goods sold. They were even shipping food that was rotting when it left China with the image that, okay, sorry, that was rotting. And then when that left China with the image that they don't make good quality merchandise, which they still it's have still that stigma to this day. Yeah, still, well, it's not a stigma. It's a fact. It's, an, it's a fact. Yeah. So like, like, not everything from China is awful quality, but a large portion of it is is just kind of like mediocre, right. subpar quality. Yeah, yeah because, it's got to be just because of the volume and the price. Right. Like, you cannot make as quality of an item for free. You right. just can't do it. Right. Like, I remember, like, it seems like it was probably like 10, 15 years ago with that lead paint scare where it was like yeah. every toy from China was they're using lead in their paint mm-hmm. people were getting poisoned and then there was that that drywall scandal yeah where you oh you, you didn't have Chinese drywall in your house did you yeah. like these are like massive blunders yeah. over and over again and it all goes back to like they just don't have the same quality QA no. standards and all that stuff it's uh, like, my my my, t- my dad's kind of fascinated by China so he Tells me a lot of Chinese fact. My dad, you know, he just sits at home and watches YouTube videos and reads articles and stuff. Man after my own heart. Yeah, yeah kind of like me. That's where I got it from. <laughs> but he told me like a year and a half ago that uh, so I don't remember if it was here or somewhere else. I think it was here, but that uh, they had found that rice that had been shipped in from China had plastic in it. They were cutting plastic into rice to, you know, sell more. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the and my dad was like. May, we may have eaten some plastic rice and not known it. Yeah, they and I watched on sixty minutes. They they fucked up the whole honey market. Yeah, to like a lot of the honey you eat is not honey. It's yeah, like it's all it's. Yeah, but it all goes down to like there's just there's like, is there not like a Surgeon General uh, of China that's like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. Or they're just like, hey, if they're not Chinese, fuck them. We're gonna like well, if we take care of the Americans. There are competition anyway. Is that right. their thought process? It, it kind of is. is there they're, no like they, they, they're so ruthless that it's just China first. We're gonna do whatever we can to win. You know, win the win the contest is kind of like their mentality. Mm-hmm. They're ruthless. They're quick to make decisions, and they're just like we're gonna do whatever it takes. But do you think that like uh, so without for the honey for example? Because I watched the thing on it. Like, do you think that the Chinese government knows that this honey company in China? is just straight fucking people or do you think that they just don't have the the infrastructure and the oversight to be checking these people because there's freaking uh, over a billion people in their country so they're like we physically don't have the the bureaucracy in place to check everybody's thing i think they probably don't do as many like quality control or health standard tests but i also think at the same time when complaints do rise up they aren't going to do anything to stop it either yeah, they're because not they're throwing like, people in prison for this. Yeah, stuff. they aren't. No, they, they. I don't think they're overly concerned with it. Like, 
uh, a few years ago, China started mass producing an exact ripoff of a BMW. Like local, huh? like they basically stole the plans for a BMW, gave it a different name and a different model number, and started selling it there in China. And then BMW sued them, and the government said, "No, that's a completely different car." Well, okay, well, so yeah, that's stuff, stuff that's still going on right now. The yeah, intellectual property stuff. Yeah, they just ignore it all. They just do whatever they want over there. How? That's gonna cut. That's gonna catch up to you. Yeah, it's, it's like people don't like. <laughs> Getting so, ripped off. No, people don't. So uh, by the time the famine was in full swing, Mao was still shipping off much of the grain that he could have used to feed his own people as free aid, leaving his own people to starve. It is estimated that 45 million people died as a result of the Great Leap Forward. Holy shit. What was their population at the time? It was. I want to know what the percentage. Like in the, it was in the US, over half right, a billion, I think. In the U.S. right now, that'd be over ten percent of the population dead. It was a lot. I, I don't remember exactly. It was a lot. It was forty-five million. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I don't remember exactly. I looked it up. And this is I'm in like the, what the, the late the late fifties, early sixties. Yeah. So America, that was probably like that was almost probably like damn near the population of America. America back was, then. Yeah. 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 Now we're what? 350 million? million? We're uh, 325 million. I just heard that today. 325 million is the current population of the United States. Nothing compared to China or India. No. So Mao also put many people to work building hundreds of dams to put people, you know, to give people something to do and to provide electricity. Scientists advise Mao not to build the dams so quickly and to do studies to see what the effects could be on the local ecosystems. Right. And also... He's like, fuck that! And also to make sure the dams would be built correctly. He told them to mind their damn business. Exactly. Huh? Chen... Huh? <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. <laughs> I'll leave now. <laughs> Chen Xing... Dude, that was an awesome <laughs> One of China's foremost hydrologists and dam builders was very vocal about his concerns. When he designed the Suya Lake Reservoir in 1958, he was reprimanded for wanting to put in more sluice gates for safety than the design originally called for. He was then later labeled a right-wing opportunist, and he was eventually fired for being a vocal critic. And we're just going to completely skip over the fact that there's no way either one of us know what a sluice gate is. <laughs> it's like a, a, like a, kind of like a pressure release valve. Gotcha. So if the, oh a sluice gate I yeah. got you okay yeah okay so one of the largest <laughs> dams built was the Bangkwao Dam this dam and hundreds of others seemed to do just fine until a tropical storm came through in 1975 because of the excess rainwater the Bangkwao Dam burst releasing 600 billion liters of water instantly killing 85,000 people oh, during God. that same storm. 85 other dams burst, causing the excess rainwater that came out, leading to a total of 230,000 deaths. What did the government oh do about my it? God. They hid the story and kept it from being released internationally until 1989. You met, how many people died in Katrina? Like maybe a couple thousand? It was what, what? four or five thousand, something like that. I don't remember exactly. I think it was low. I was pretty. I think it was pretty low. But I thought it was less than that. Yeah, I was, I don't, for some reason, my brain goes to five thousand, but that could be wrong. But yeah, can you imagine that happening in America? 
85,000 people. There was a village on the other side of the dam. 85,000 people dead instantly. That's Ooh. insane. They said for months they were finding bloated bodies. Should have had those extra sluicescapes then. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I mean, they learned that lesson. And the, this, the crappy <laughs> thing is, is that didn't happen for like 30 years after, you know, 20, 30 years later. Like it was fine. And he was like, oh, and then after Mao died, bam. Not to mention, you don't know like how many still dam- killing people many, even yeah. after he's yeah. dead. How many dams are made? Because they thought, well, it works here, it works here, it works right. here. And actually, the the some of the, sor- the sources I read to on that, uh, there's a large concern about that because in Asia right now they're building a lot of dams in a similar way, and there's people like actually this is their expertise, like hydrologists and dam manufacturers, and they're going to countries like Cambodia, Laos, and other Southeast Asian countries. They're saying, look, this is what happened to China when they built these crap dams in the 50s, you know, and then in 75 a bunch of people died, and they're like, no, no, we we need our power grid to be better, so we're just building a bunch of dams. So the same thing is already reoccurring. Well, that may happen to us. <laughs> like <laughs> Katrina, like that was pretty bad. Yeah. But then we just build it up again. And yeah. We're assuming that's not going to happen again. Yeah. It, it, so it's a city below sea level. It's yeah, it's kind of asking for trouble. It, yeah. They're kind of living in a toilet yeah. bowl. Whoa. For the record, for the record, I do not <laughs> endorse <laughs> that comment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean shit wise. I just meant shape wise. <laughs> shape wise. Yeah, because who would ever put those two together? Yeah, I don't know. It's white. It's clean, right? <laughs> nah, never mind. I'm just gonna stop. Gonna stop. <laughs> so at did I just say it's white? Yeah, it's you clean. did. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Smith says it's white. Digging a hole. Oh my god, he's definitely getting a white flag. Yeah, he is. He's got a couple in his closet. Yep, in the shape of a robe. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> He's like, fuck Some you, dude. flowers on it. So, yeah. at the peak of the famine, <laughs> people were so desperate for food that some families began to sell their babies and children in exchange for food. Others simply abandoned or murdered their children that they couldn't feed. Mao's promise to bring about equality for women... Well, I'm selling. I'm yeah. selling. I'm, I can't kill my... Mao's promise to bring about equal rights for women didn't come to fruition either. Women were frequently raped by those in charge, like the cadres, and then they were also subjected to humiliation by being forced to work nude in factories or go to work or in work camps. Trafficking of women also increased, and women were also forced to go on nude marches. It's absolutely ridiculous. Nude marches? What does that benefit anybody? Just because you're like a power-hungry carter and you just want to shame people because you have power over them. Oh. So I always find it shocking when everyone is always shocked at any time that's like they exploit women because, of course, people in power are going to do that. It's just shitty human nature. So in some cases, people were so desperate for food that they resorted to cannibalism by eating the recently dead. Uh, Violence was widespread. And in the book Mao's Great Famine by Frank Didiker, he wrote, violence became a routine tool for control. It was directed systematically and habitually against anybody seen to dwaddle, obstruct, or protest, let alone pilfer or steal. A majority of villagers, well, why did that's a weird sentence. Uh, the stick, for the majority of villagers, the stick was a weapon of choice in the countryside. 
In Henan, the violence was so horrible that an investigation was conducted and the results showed that 67,000 people had been beaten to death by the local militia. Yikes. Out of the 45 million estimated deaths, two and a half million were tortured to death. People that were tortured had feces and urine forced down their throats. They were frequently beaten with sticks, waterboarded, and some were given salt water injections. I read, I don't know if I, I heard it was, I don't know if, I can't remember if it was about China. I think it was. I think it was about this time period to where like so many, like you can look at like the bones of the people who died during this time. Like all of them have like stress yes. fractures, broken bones. Yeah. Like clearly these people were put through the ringer pretty yeah. hard. Pretty. Yeah. It, it was terrible. Uh, going down this disturbing rabbit hole of research led me to the following, which I found on Encyclopedia Britannica about current China. China has made capital punishment shockingly efficient. It's little surprise, really. Considering that China conducts the most executions per year of any country in the world, a variety of crimes are punishable by death, including tax fraud, arson, and prostitution. Many executions in China are now performed in mobile execution units. Vans that are, are equipped with restraints and drugs necessary for lethal injection. The vans, which look like typical police vans, have been on the road for about a decade. There are dozens of them all over the country dispensing lethal justice justice closer to the scenes of the crimes. Not only are they cheaper than more traditional facilities, Chinese officials say, but they are more humane than the other preferred method of execution, which is death by firing squad. And there's just no tr- no trial? Or maybe some kind of a judicial yeah. system. Yeah. Like, where's the trial? So that's, I mean, that's... <laughs> like, you killed them right here? That's okay. kind of Orwellian to me. We just got a van with a couple guys in it driving around. Hey, uh, you know, Bob, we need you over here on E Street. We got this prostitute. We just need to kill her. Put her in the van, put her out, and then you get rid of her. Like That seems like such a minor... That's like GTA of, like 5. Nobody but wants real. to be a prostitute. No. So they clearly like, they don't have the options. Right. It's like <laughs> or tax fraud? We're going to kill you for Well. Tax. Fuck the tax fraud people. Not kidding. But <laughs> <laughs> that's like dear god. Nobody cares you about think that they made all those law that, laws that way for population controls and like yeah, we're just going to be coming down with the hammer on anything. Anyway. Because we really need less mouths to feed, right. and this will be, we'll make it excusable by saying, oh, we're just super um, strict. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to stop. I mean, it'll stop, it'll stop a guess, lot of people, but I, then that's going to be counterintuitive for, I don't know. I guess in America, we have something similar. It's just not as seen as overtly. We have taco trucks, and the, you know, hypertension kills oh, a lot of people. Yeah, those Daniel Trucko trucks get me every time. <laughs> I love taco trucks. I'm not. I'm not crapping on taco trucks. I eat taco trucks all the I'm time. I'm not either, man. I'll go right now. <laughs> that is something that's interesting. So it's like it's particularly relevant right now. It's like the coronavirus. People are all freaking right. out. It's like everyone's changing their whole worlds and like, like shut down businesses. Everything's going to change. But yeah, the slow killers like like sodas right like that's like millions upon millions of people die every year from this stuff right completely preventable well not completely preventable but highly preventable highly preventable yeah and then like what three wait how many people eight fifteen people have died from 22 in america last yeah. i checked and how many of them were over 80 all i think all of them yeah it's like 
Well, <laughs> let's, like, let's spend a little more time focusing a, on the more important. Right. I, I have a really dark sense of humor. And one of the funniest memes I've seen in the last week was a picture of Jeffrey Dahmer. And it said, Jeffrey but Dahmer ate more people than the coronavirus has killed. Yikes. <laughs> It's technically accurate. And I was like, true? <laughs> For now. For now, yeah. I mean, I'm sure more people are going to die. But like, if you look at and how where many... did that get started again? China. Mm. But like, you look at like the reg- just the regular flu kills, what, 40,000, 50,000 people every year in America? You know, heart disease, hypertension. But this could be the tip of the iceberg, though. It could be. The thing is, is you just don't know. And the, here's the reason why I'm not concerned. I have a great many people in my family that all work in the medical field as doctors, surgeons, nurses, and none of them are concerned about it. They all say the same things. They say, wash your hands, be smart. If you're sick, stay home. If you know someone else who is sick, don't go over to their house. Tell them to stay home. They say, just be smart. If you're over 80, take extra precaution. You know, if you're elderly or if you have a compromised immune system, okay, you need to make some changes. But the average person... Just be a little bit smart. Don't be stupid, but don't panic either. Yeah, I just don't know why everybody's panicking. Yep, wash your dick hands. <laughs> yeah. So during the Great Leap Forward, there was no motivation other than violence. While violence does motivate people, it does not motivate people in the same way as incentivizing them. If someone is given the opportunity to advance and earn a good wage and then use those wages to buy property and consumer goods that they are a much happier person because they are rewarded for their hard work. If you're motivated by not getting beaten, you will only work as hard as you need to so you don't get beaten again. You also don't make nearly as good a quality of products. The slogan of the Great Leap Forward could have easily been quantity over quality. China seems to have learned from the failure of the Great Leap Forward. Over the last 60... Oh, sorry, before I get into this, when uh, the news about the Great Leap Forward came out and people asked Mao, they said, what happened? Especially with the grain shortages. You know what he said? Well, my, my staff gave me all the, the information about the grain shortages, but uh, I just couldn't understand it. And I had no idea what was going on. So uh, it was, and he got up publicly and just blamed everyone in his staff and said, was like, I was too ignorant to understand what they were trying to tell me. But what if he's right? I don't believe that. I I really tend to like, not believe like that. Like Pol Pot, that guy was a fucking idiot. Yeah, like, so he, he like, and he was like aggressively stupid, like right. killing people just because they wore glasses, thinking that made them right. Like, but bat- see, worse. Mao, I think Mao was. I don't think Mao was stupid. I think he was just hyper focused on his agenda. But think about it. It's like I, th- I think there was so much arrogance that he thought but what my if, will can subvert science. Or that's what. Uh, I don't know. That's at least that's my take on it. Probably. I mean, but still, I think, like, you know, because as you're telling me this thing, like the one thing that pops in my head is like, well, he's either one of two things. Absolutely evil, like Stalin-esque evil, yeah. or he's a complete idiot. And this, these, cause I've seen it happen like in, in sales in America to where like corporate sets these sales goals. Right. And then down at lower middle to lower management, they're like get, trying to get their salespeople to do things that are unethical, right. false reporting, all this stuff. And then the people at the top have no idea that they're doing this. Right. And then by the time it gets to them, like, oh, what the? I had nothing to do with it. So, I mean, it's could it be possible? Possibly, yes. Is it likely? I don't Probably think so. Not. I don't think it's technically possible, but at least from the research that I've read, 
I don't believe. How long that was this whole leap forward? Four well, if he was so dumb, then why did he come up with these plans to flush the people out and then act right. upon that? Okay, he's not as dumb as there he's was, trying to There come was off. too many instances in the research of people coming to him with legitimate concerns saying, this is going to affect this. And he's like, whatever, we're doing it my way. Oh, yeah, then fuck him. So that's I, the too many instances of that for me to believe that he had no idea. So China seems to have learned from the failure of the Great Leap Forward. Over the last 60 years, they have been gradually building their industries and creating a very capable workforce. An Australian architect who has been doing projects in China said in a 60 Minutes interview, quote, doing business with the communists is good because they make a decision, end quote. And this really made me laugh because the difference is that our country is run by obstructionist politicians <laughs> who don't make decisions. So, yeah, that's an interesting take. Yeah. So, however, China's growth could stop. Recently, China has been building massive cities and oh, trying to relocate yeah. its citizens to these new cities to work there in big factories. But as of the last few years, many of these cities are empty or mostly empty. There are few, if any, people relocating into these new cities, putting some of these construction projects on hold. These cities are also known as ghost cities, and in these cities where they are constructing these new buildings, there are often residents who refuse to leave their homes. So instead of forcing them to leave, they will demolish the areas around them to, and build roads around the homes, making their homes basically accessible. There was someone, I saw a picture, like they were like, I'm not leaving my house. Oh, yeah, so they yeah, built yeah. a freeway around their house. Well, that's, that's not what I would do. I mean, right. I would be like, you're leaving your house. Yeah. They, but like, so maybe they're trying to go against the, their old ways. I think that's reputation. What, there was another one where they were wanted to build like a skyscraper in this one thing. And so, you know, they have to big, like dig like a basement and put all the piles in. So they dug this huge, basically like basement out for underneath the skyscraper. And in the middle is this old house. That See, is, now that annoys me. Like, as like you could be a capitalist, communist, whatever, mm -hmm. like, uh, are you want if you're watching Better Call Saul, like, that's like, a major part of like a, their current season. Right. Is this guy he owns his house in this area that everyone's been bought out. He literally doesn't own the land, and he like refuses to to move. Right. Like, sorry, not sorry. Some people gotta you gotta you gotta move. Right. Like, you think that how how good could your existence be when you're this one person surrounded by nothing? Right. It's like that's. And I think the reason the people weren't moving into those cities is because they're like. You, you can call it a city if you want, but to us, it looks like a work camp. Or do like, can they afford to live in those cities? Well, see, okay, the, the, a lot of the people that don't relocate there is, uh, I saw an interview with this old Chinese, an older Chinese woman, and she said if she moved to the city, the only because she had no marketable skills in the city, the only job she could get was like sweeping the streets. And then on that salary, she couldn't afford the cheapest apartment. So right. she's not going to move yeah. to the city. So they're saying, people, come move to the cities. We'll give you jobs. But if you don't have a skill that the industry in that city right. can use, then you can't survive there. 100%. So yeah. it's starting to catch up with them. And it's going to catch up with America, too. It is. It is. Oh, Andrew Yang's on to something. Yeah. Uh, as if everything automates. Yeah. There's, there's, I think people... Well, they already say... I just saw a document yesterday that said 60% of the people with degree four-year degrees in the United States are working jobs that don't even require. Right. Oh, I definitely yeah. am. You don't need a degree to be a recruiter. Are you kidding no. me? No, I, it's like there's, ridiculous. There's it's 
there's degrees are useful. And my opinion, once again, degrees are useful if you want to work in a field that requires the degree. There is such, like in my industry, there is such a need for quality people in the trades, but nobody wants to do it because they feel it's demeaning. So then immigrants come in and do the work. And unfortunately, they don't do very good quality work. If I could have 100 people that did quality work, I could be a construction mogul in Houston. Yeah. But people just don't want to do the work because they look down on people in construction. Yeah, well, they look down on anyone. Well, uh, they look down on any job that doesn't require a degree. It's right. a bullshit stigma. The, the that stupid really thing is, it's like left, a, right, and a, center. A decent carpenter, like you, don't even have to be the best. A decent carpenter can make ninety grand a year. Oh, easy, because nobody else does it. Right, and so like I've met like welders. I, that's right. a huge one. A, the millennials are changing yeah. that, though. We can talk about that some other I, time. I don't know but. if they're you think the millennials are the ones leading that charge. I, 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 I think I actually think the millennials. I think are, you. I think you smoke too much weed right now. <laughs> I think you guys don't know anything you're talking about. I think millennials. Particular field. I think I do. <laughs> so do you think the millennials? They're raging against the requiring to go to college. Or are they just no, raging no. to rage because they're, they're fucking rage machines? What's happening? <laughs> like I said, we could go about this some other time, but in a nutshell, it's because our industrial revolution's over. All those people that got those degrees to get those jobs, realizing now people aren't even. They get. They realize that American dream's done. You're not getting rich now. Everyone you realizes all I'm going to do is now. probably survive. So <laughs> I might as well do something that at least I enjoy, or I feel like I got some bit of talent in. I'm going to get some kind of gratification out of my life because it ain't going to be money. Well, that's kind of that sounds like we can slip into sh- to communism that. with that kind of attitude. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm not going to be able to make money I'm, anyway, so let's let's take everyone down. No, but but in the reality is, be, uh, you know, that's becoming reality here though. Our my parents, like my older generation, shoot, all you had to do was get here. But like, there was so much work in industry, you were going to be successful mm-hmm. financially. It's not like no, that. Well, it's not like they were unskilled laborers making tons of money at any point in America's okay. history. Sure, they in were. In Detroit, I they live were. In Detroit area. There's a lot of people that made well, uh, six figures well, with no real well, skill. They were, they were they could exactly. They worked on assembly lines where it was a specialized skill that they were taught <laughs> and it was served a purpose. But then we got. Run of all of our uh, a what's the word for factory jobs right to places that would do it cheaper like China Mexico Mexico yeah. it's almost like we should hire a president get a, a president elected that's pro uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's pro what <laughs> pro bringing some of these jobs back <laughs> I don't know what that even means to be just make America great again that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Well, thank you. I tell you what, if they can do it with Detroit, I'll be on <laughs> That's that's. I will. For. I will say this: like there are, we made did some short sighted stuff in America. Yeah. To I mean to increase profits, like yeah, like we're shipping all of our lower skill require or lower not skill lower education require lower higher education right. requiring jobs trade jobs right. Like we got rid of a lot of trade jobs that were good jobs. Yeah. Like why were we? And they got rid of them in schools. Right. Remember well, back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, you, you were learning a trade in like yeah. high school. They had auto shop where you actually learned yeah. shit. They had, you know, machine shop. You actually got in, got your hands on a lathe. You could, you could walk out of high school at 18 and go get a job and support yourself like right. that. They don't have those programs yeah. anymore. Now there's a, like, like Mark was saying, there's a surplus of all these technical jobs. If you could walk in and go fix a refrigerator, you got a job tomorrow and you're going to get yeah. paid, but nobody goes to that school that does that training. Well, actually, that would be a really smart because one because, like, lathe, for example, that one, I guess, that one, it's easy to see where it could be automated, mm-hmm. but computer, like, like right. any kind of repair, whether it's 
HVAC or refrigerators. There's not going to, in our lifetime, there will not be robots going into people's houses to fix, fixing their appliances. (laughs) No. So that'd be like, and that's the thing is like those jobs. And it's think about it. Whenever you have to hire a repairman, you're furious that it costs whatever it even costs. Right. So we've, we've driven down 80 bucks when they hit. Yeah. Well, and we shouldn't be really bitching about that though. Cause like, why shouldn't that's a specialized skill. Yeah. I cannot do it. Right. So I should have to pay a premium for somebody to come and do it. And we, and we only look down on it because like because it has, doesn't have a college degree, which is horseshit. Right. Like I worked in the plumbing industry as a college graduate, like in their sales management training. Mm-hmm. And um, there's all these plumbers, they're tradespeople. They did gr- like great work. They actually made really good money. Yeah. But everyone just shits. Well, no point. Like, <laughs> but uh, like that's people don't think about that job as even right. a possibility. But the job that doesn't require you to take freaking. A couple of semesters of history or right. couple of, uh, so American right. education system is absolutely, you know, y'all need to do a podcast about that. Yeah. Cause that is an app. I could rant about that <laughs> for oh, hours because yeah. it is absolutely broken. Yep. And I'm like, oh, never mind. I forget. No, There's a, just I know it. a plumber. We should though. I we know a definitely. plumber who makes well over a hundred grand. Every oh, for year. sure. As he should. And the thing, and the thing is, it's is a he specialized should. skill. It's a specialized skill. And he is one of the best plumbers I've ever like worked with known and I always feel like he's underpaid, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, it's a gross job. But not only just because ways. it's a gross job, but because he does good quality work. Like, and even like when he has that issue, I'm like, hey, I need you to come back to this job to fix this. He doesn't complain. He doesn't freak out. He's a nice, friendly, personable guy. And I'm like, man, we need to pay this guy more because mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's, you need to be, people like that, at least in my opinion, should be appreciated. You know, if someone's going to do a good quality job, good quality work in a specialized skill, you should be fairly compensated for it. See, that's the thing. And that's what I mean. That's where I think the tide is turning. It's like how you're talking. That is how people are starting to feel. They're starting to see the value in somebody who can actually do something. Yeah, well, here's another another very politicized reason for the situation that we're in. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of jobs that are artificially, have artificially depressed wages because they have somebody who's uh, an immigrant yeah. who's willing to take way, way less, less where right. they're not paying tax. Like the tax is completely different. Right. And like the companies that are, for me, it's not the immigrants fault. I mean, they're trying to make a better life for themselves, yeah. <laughs> uh, but these companies that are hiring this is screwing over all of America for, for profit, which um, that's the one kind of, I don't know if it's a, like a flaw, but a capitalism, it's all about, getting the best people to do the job right? and like do what you're best at and then farm out other stuff. And, right. and, and that's the way to go. But there's a skill gap to where like, if you take shortcuts where you hire labor, right. that's to where you can artificially cheapen them. So right. that way you can charge less. It's like, it's going to have but there's major also a new trend in America. Yeah. In business where now the businesses that say they all offer the same deal. There's, there's a, there's a thing about it. somewhere I saw, but it was about a brewery somewhere in um, Colorado. It's a small little microbrewery. There's like how many microbreweries? I mean, there's, there's hundreds yeah, of them in right. every state, right? But this place has no advertising budget. It's grown by 40% a year for like four years in a row. And the reason why is because what's becoming more trendy and popular and what people are willing to do as far as Americans, as far as spending their money is people now care how your business treats employees. No, they don't. How? Yes. <laughs> it's it's, growing. Really it's, it's growing by like a fraction of a percent a year. Most people want to shop at Walmart. Like, they want to get their items for cheap. Could you imagine? So that's the thing that people don't realize. It's another thing that's like, if we get in these trade wars where we're trying to true up 
the economy. And, right. Like, can you imagine if if China just like, all right, well, we're not exporting to you anymore. Right. Walmart would be oh, absolutely yeah. fucked, and so would all of America. Yeah. Because that we're and that's another thing that's kind of pretty like like I'm very pro capitalism, mm-hmm. but uh, it's like oh, Bernie's got he's got some interesting things because like this whole debt society that we're all living because it is very consumerist. I, I don't know how we got on this uh, versus China, <laughs> but uh, it's gonna have long term consequences. Nobody in America can afford to. Like if you got if I got some people if I got in a car wreck it'd wipe me out right because like I have insurance but I don't have insurance that's gonna be able to take care of like multiple surgeries or what right. have you and like nobody or long term yeah, care nobody's got savings <laughs> and it's I don't know I don't know what the answer is I'll yeah. tell you right now that right the way we're doing it, it's gonna have longer repercussions yeah. and it's gonna get way way worse as more things get automated right like that Ada Yang is. He's he's on to something for real because like the second that semi trucks are even even if they only do it half automation and right. then they we're just going to drop the truck drivers uh, pay by fifty percent because they only have to pay attention for you know maybe twenty minutes a day so yeah. there's still going to be people in the cars I think for our whole lifetime right but like uh, when they get that solved that's like one of the biggest population or biggest jobs in america yeah it is. is truck driving yeah but if that goes we're in serious trouble and they say that you know the industrial revolution we said the same thing yeah. and this and maybe that there are going to be these jobs i just can't pause i can't i can't think of it i right can't now. think of it off the top of my head or even thinking about it if i just sit down for hours to bring like what it, jobs could there be to yeah or to, you start to pay you're, you're going to start paying people a lot more right to do menial work not yeah. menial, but well, easier. The thing to work. me is like how things are manufactured in the sense that, like, for instance, if you got go get a printer, right? You pay like a hundred bucks for some cheap printer, right? By the time that ink runs out, it's practically cheaper just to buy oh, yeah. a, new a new printer. I worked in that industry too. Because the money. they don't they don't make they don't make things to be fixed no. anymore or serviced. Yeah. In other words, like I have a Ford tractor that I use here. Okay, it's an actual tractor though. So like every part on that tractor you can still right. get. There's no matter what happens to it, it can be fixed, point blank, mm-hmm. right? But they don't make things like that anymore. Not each part has a serial number. Things come like pre-assembled. That's Apple in a so nutshell. They yeah. Apple in a nutshell. They actually go out of the way to fuck you yeah. <laughs> and make sure yes. things aren't replaceable right. where you had to buy the next thing. Buy when the was next the last thing? time you could just go pop your hood and work on your car? I can't. That, I mean, that being said, I'm not, like I said, I'm not raging against the machine to where a company has a duty no, to right. to not progress or not make money or not be able to move on. They, I mean, if if their parts run out, the parts run out. But that's why China. That's why China has a huge aftermarket parts right. for cars yeah, and for everything. Everything, yeah, because America doesn't want to keep making the the razor. Right. The they want to keep making the same razor blades. They want to invent a new razor. Yeah. Sell you the razor. Oh, these razors! Oh, they don't. They're not backwards compatible with these new blades, or the, with these blades aren't going to work anymore. So you right. have to get the new, new blades. Yep. and it's a constant thing. Yeah, constantly. And if it's upgrading. within reason, it makes sense. Like if if you go from like if you go from like landlines, right, right, to cell phones, that makes sense. Right, like it's a completely different technology that's infinitely better. Right, to be able to get communication nonstop versus a, a plug from the wall. But there's so many things. Like I, I went. On an absolute, I was furious. I went to go get. Some, I told you earlier. I went to get headphones for my my 
a uh, 6S uh-huh. iPhone with a jack. Yeah. I could not find a Walmart, Target. I had to go to the dollar store. I couldn't find a pair of headphones that plugged into the phone, just like a normal plug. Yeah. Not specialized, that had a volume up and down and on and off. Uh-huh. Couldn't find them. Didn't, they weren't there. <laughs> I was. I, don't, I was losing my mind. And I went to the dollar store. I got a pair for $1.50. And they were, the quality was pure trash. Yeah. I, I, can't, I, can't, I have them in my room. I'm not going to use them. So I'm screwed. I, like, I'm going to have to hunt down these headphones. Yeah. It's like, I'm, that's, I don't know. It's, it's frustrating. Though, actually, you said something about Apple again. That reminded me, while doing research for this, I saw an interview with Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple. And someone asked him, they said, why do you manufacture your computers in China instead of the U.S.? And he said, for two reasons. He said the most important reason, he said, because China has a very capable workforce who is specialized in making this, these products. He said, he said, for the engineers that we need, he said, if I went to China, he said, I could find qualified, enough qualified engineers to fill a football field. He said, the Amer- he said, you know, the ones here in America, he couldn't find as many. He said, because there's a lot more people over there that are being trained from, through the That's younger- bullshit. Uh-huh. I'll tell you why, because I worked for, I one of my, we used to recruit for this company mm-hmm. uh, that made computer chips. Yeah. And so these soldering jobs, that's what all these things need. And you know what they make in America? Like 13 to $18 max. And yeah. these are people who went through training and they're all, all like their entire uh, like uh, group. It's mm-hmm. all Vietnamese. Like that's something that they specialize in uh, over there. That's where it's because they constantly, they get those specialized. It's really technical work. Yeah. It's like impressive what they can do. But Americans, they're like, why would I, even if I was going to do that as a trade and learn that in, co- in high school, because it's, it's not overly complicated, but it's like very detailed. Yeah, so like, detailed. okay, I'm going to learn this skill to make $17, $18. That's, there's no way. Right. But we, so like basically their entire hiring pool is people who are willing to work for next to nothing because they, cause you most of the time because they don't they can't speak English so they can only they, there's only so many jobs they can get and they have that skill and they're, they're, and they're all getting older like they'll have to put them through a test because they're like well because it's very like fine detail too so yeah that soldering uh, welding that's a thing that's that's like the oldest profession in America is like a welder yeah that's gonna people who get into that if you're listening to this and you're young. Become a welder because you're going to make a ton of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People just don't go into it. And it's not a skill that, that you can just pick up. It's right. very, no, it's, very hard. Welding is actually, I consider, an art form. I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The other thing about Apple, though, which kind of hit the, hit the bell. Most profitable said, company in the world, by the way. Exactly. He said a, uh, it's because if he made it here in America, it would cost 40% more. Not necessarily. So I mean that's the thing. What's what's really good about America is that they're very innovative, very innovative. Right. So like we'll we'll have less people do the same amount of production, mm-hmm. and the costs will roughly even yeah. out because there's less people doing it. But um, yeah, we could do it. I think a lot of things I people think- say that excuse, but it's not necessarily true because like it really comes down to is they pay people nothing. That's right. what it comes down comes to. Down, they're they're doing the same thing for lesser wage, but it's also depending on where you go to and stuff like that. It's the quality is different. So, like obviously, 
I love Apple products because they do have high quality stuff. I've had many, many Apple Same. products. They have great stuff. Like it's, I don't, I want a computer that works and I don't have to wipe it and reset it and reinstall the operating software every three months because it got a virus. But you will eventually have to throw it out because they will force you to. That's yeah, true. Not got, for 10 years. I'm that. good for every 10 years buying a new computer. I'm fine with that. They got I'm, I'm fine that shit. So, crap, I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> well, user-friendly Apple Yeah, user-friendly, and it's just, though, damn it. <laughs> quality, so they had a good quality. Yeah, so it's not do. every, not everything. Okay, I worked in a machine shop years ago, and we developed a, we developed um, a workout machine, and we built it in the machine shop. Uh, someone came to us with the idea. They said, here's the plans for this. Can you make it for us? And this is how we want it made. This is the materials and all that. We said, okay. So we do it all. We were known for doing quality work. We built the demo. Mm-hmm. And then they said, great, thanks. We're going to manufacture it in India because we have know somebody who has a factory there. So the owner of the company was kind of pissed because he wanted the contract because it was a huge contract. Right. So then found out, I don't know, a few months later that the quality of its stuff being made, they were making it out of cheaper materials and the quality wasn't as good. So and so that goes to, it goes back to the American consumer doesn't want to pay an arm and a leg for right. a workout machine. They'll pay for it if it's super cheap. Right. That's the thing is, oh. It's, I don't, it's a super but complicated the problem. The thing for solved. me is like, I don't think it really is. I think if we just really had our own balls, we just do it amongst ourselves because listen, we already live the highest standard. That's because of living we take advantage of anywhere cheap labor on earth. across right. the world. <laughs> yeah. But listen, I'm talking about if you're going to complain about the prices of stuff, but like you don't want to pay for quality. Like it doesn't Walmart. make sense. Yeah. This is like, but I, I know, and everyone bitches about Walmart, but you see their ass there. No, no that's the truth. But that's the thing is Walmart would not exist without China, India, right. Mexico, these countries that are willing to make things on uh, mass quantities for super, super cheap. Yeah. And then like uh, those mom and pop stores that were existing before Walmart came through, they bought like bought American and that was the thing. And, and they... They couldn't compete with price, and American people spoke. They're like, no, we'd rather have the cheap prices than yeah. short-term logic. Well, we made our decision yeah. then, I guess. I'm, I, for me, certain things I will pay premium dollar for. There's, there are certain things. And so, you know, like computers, electronics, uh, vehicles, I want a vehicle that's quality and runs, so I prefer to buy a Toyota or something like that. I don't hate American car companies. If you made a car that didn't break down after two, three years, or transmission didn't explode after five years, I don't want that. I don't want to incur that cost. Later Isn't a Toyota, Cam- a Toyota, a Toyota Camry the most American car built? That what? or a Ford F one hundred and fifty? It's the I, Ford F one hundred and fifty. I think it's it one of it's it's one of the two. But I know. The thing I, is, is like, but like for me, I, if I'm going to invest a lot of money in something, I want it to last and I want it to work. Other things. Like, I mean, you know, like certain things like my blue jeans, I'll spend a little more for good blue jeans. I don't buy them at Walmart. Other things I just don't care about. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you know, shampoo, whatever. I'll just get whatever's cheap. Well, obviously I don't need shampoo because I'm bald, but you know, like body wash, <laughs> you know, very whatever like that. choice. <laughs> very bad example. Very bad example. But you know what I mean? Certain things so- I just don't care. Soap, you know, stuff like Are, that. You're an Irish Springman? No, I like an Old Spice, whatever. Must be nice. So, but Didn't anyway, you had Old Spice money. One, one, one last thing. Juan's dying and choking over here. One last thing about Mal that I found. So I was like looking through like documentaries and stuff, and I found this channel on YouTube that was run by this guy who's a super communist guy. So this Bernie guy, Sanders? No. So it was this guy and he was even like wearing like red attire and stuff just to show how commie he was and everything. It kind of made me laugh. 
he did but he he like had this like hour-long video about how everything about the great leap forward was just made up by america to slander china and it was like this guy was just kind of all over the place and i was like dude just it was, it was just like somebody who wants to complain because my ideology is different than yours and I'm right. And there's no real logic or thought behind it. It's just, I'm going to throw shit out there and, you know, hopefully everyone will see how right I am. But see, those, it's those kind of people who, unless I saw it there, fit like I was physically there. Right. I don't believe kind it. Kind of like Holocaust deniers. And exactly. Run, I've, you know, when I run into a Holocaust denier, I'm like, no, I do flat believe earthers. it. Beca- flat earthers too. The, the thing, reason do I believe, why do I believe the Holocaust happened? Because I met a person who was in a concentration camp. I met a person who met Hitler. He spoke out against Hitler and Hitler threw him into a concentration camp. I have no reason to doubt that yeah. what he told me is true. Yeah. Do you think that millions upon millions of people went out there and tattooed their Themselves, own arms? Yeah. Yeah, this is or, or huge. That the Americans came in and, and invaded, somehow, and we're like, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna, gonna erect all these these structures, right? It's it's, it's absurd. It's, that's what I don't I just don't understand about conspiracy theory thinking. I mean, there are certain things like JFK assassination. I'll have a conversation, right? Like that is some. There's some shadiness, some major, right? But like stuff like Holocaust. What are you uh, doing, Kirk Cobain? Why are you murder? smoking, <laughs> dude? What's that? Pneumonia. <laughs> oh no, it's just okay. the other smoke. Okay, relax my eyes. That helps relax this trachea. Hey, well, sorry. Kirk sounds Kirk, like a yeah. doctor to me. There, no, there but, are some things where I'm like, mm, okay, but, but there's the, certain like the space landing. You know how many millions of people would have to be in on that? Oh my goodness, it's an astronomical amount of number. The the bigger a conspiracy gets, the less likely it is to have exactly. Happened. Exactly. Because that many people aren't going to keep their mouth shut. But anyways, this video of this communist guy and his rant about how everything in the West is terrible and how everybody should be communist. It was really, really funny because like the second or third comment down, a guy wrote, watching this video is like watching a video about how innocent Bill Cosby is from the Bill Cosby Appreciation Society. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, people are just absolutely ignorant. That being said, (laughs) no, well, forget about it, not about this, but like, uh, capitalism versus communism like you watch star trek right yeah that's there's no money in that there's right. like there will we will get to a point because of technology to where food will never be an issue mm-hmm. you can have as much food as possibly needed mm-hmm. money like like basically anything material can be replicated right that's going to happen eventually so that's why i like andrew like andrew yang and i come from like i said very um uh, capitalist, very mm-hmm. conservative type, fiscally conservative type, but like, yeah, we need like, we either we need to have a true up on what things are really worth, right? Or we're gonna have to start doling out some money because we are like super successful, right? Because the skill, the skill ability, like the gap is gonna get wider and yeah, wider right, and wider, right. and then eventually, and this is a good thing, right? Eventually, people won't have to work five days a week they won't have to work four days a week like all this is it's going to be good in the long run if we do it right but it's not going to be uh like uh the way it's going now to where <laughs> yeah <laughs> if it's an unskilled job you're not getting paid shit right it's just not it's not sustainable no. to an extent to an extent yeah That's and like why not let's live better lives and not work ourselves to death exactly if it's doable like i said once these things become easily replaceable right why not let's let people 
not be right. living paycheck to paycheck and all this shit. That's why I think Yang's on something. Could be. Yeah. So that was our episode on the Great Leap Forward and the many, many rabbit holes that we Sorry went down. No, no, holes. dude, that's fine. Actually, that's what... I- that's actually what it. I was hoping for when Juan and I talked about having you on. It's good to have a third person's input and perspective. And I, like me personally, I like going down rabbit holes. I like finding out what somebody else thinks. Like if you disagree with me or you have, look, I'm, I can't ever learn or grow if I only think the way I, I think. I sure love a good pun. Yeah. <laughs> Puns are the best. Puns yeah. are the best. They, yeah, Y'all should do an great. episode on, on college for real. Yeah. I'd, I'd be very interested. Oh, I, haven't, I, got so I have anecdotal evidence from my experience, mm-hmm. but I've never done any hardcore research into yeah. it. And I'd be very curious to, to, to hear about I'll that. I'll put that on the list. My list is just huge now. It's good. I wanted a big list of po- topics to pull from. So, yeah. So that was, you know, that's some of our takes on, you know, <laughs> several different things for those of you out there. Uh, it kind of got really serious. It was nice to, you know, Get some good, serious perspective on yeah. this instead of all these cracked a couple jokes. jokes. Yeah, yeah, I have no problem having like an interesting, serious conversation. I think that's where I do have. The, that's what I do the most on my personal life. Mm-hmm. But in comedy, that's very different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of comedy, for anybody out there listening, on uh, Saturday, March twenty first, at the Seeker Group at six p.m., Adam's going to be taking part in the funniest comic in Houston competition. If you're in Houston, go to the show. It's five bucks in advance, ten bucks at the door. Uh, come support Adam. I'm already inviting everybody that I can to come because I actually went on this previous Saturday to see Dan Hornstein and then another upcoming guest comedian, uh, Chad Alexander. And unfortunately, they so didn't. So you're bad luck. What am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing to myself here? Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately Dan and Chad didn't advance, but I felt like the competition was kind of just catered to whoever brought the most family and friends to support. It, it's a small show, so it's not perfect. So come, come with me, comrade, come, yeah, and, co- exactly. and support my dreams collectively. Exactly. That's what we're <laughs> saying here. We need to get as many people out there as we can to vote for Adam so he can go on. I'll, I'll, I'll give him my 10 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's the American way right exactly. there. Exactly. That is the American way. That's right. But I'd like to see you know, gonna- Adam advance. You know, because I'd like to see that too. <laughs> there, yeah, exactly. It, it was a great show. Out of the 10 comedians that were there, only one just didn't get a single laugh. It made me wonder why he even says he's a comedian. And I'm not, I'm not the person that wants to disparage people's art forms, but it's the same thing. Like, if I didn't know how to play guitar and sing, and I was trying to play guitar and sing, I would rather have some come and tell me I sucked at it. So I didn't keep embarrassing myself, right? And then even that, even that, like a like a coma. <laughs> and even that. that, it's like one thing. If like uh, the one of the only ways to practice guitar would be to go to open mic, right? And then, then I would be like, all right, cool. He's it's the only way he can practice, right? But you're not going to do a competition about guitar playing, right? If you if you're you still very but very base level, you're like I'm good at yeah, guitar. Exactly. Hero. That's the thing. It wasn't an open mic, so if it was an open mic, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, he's yeah, just yeah. practicing. You know, yeah. you don't go to open mics and expect everyone to hit every joke. Exactly. But so, a, a comedy competition. Right. Like, and I'm not, and I don't expect to win or I don't know if I have enough bullets in the chamber to win. Yeah. But I think I could easily advance quite pretty far. Dude, and your, it's a, your Harry Potter joke kills me every time. <laughs> <laughs> every time you come out of like, ah, yeah, it's, a, it's, so it's a good, good, it's a good opener for sure. It's, it's going to tell me opener. well. Oh my goodness. So yeah, come see Adam. 
Well, they uh, make sure that he gets through and, you know, it'll be great. I'll be there and a few other people there in the dim. Yeah, it's a great venue either way. Great Secret venue. Group's awesome. Yeah. yeah, Secret Group's awesome. There's a ton of, you know, mostly good comics there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, the, the lineup for my Damn. weeks, I can, I can personally vouch, is very good. <laughs> so it's going to be a good time. Yeah, so we'll just have to, you know. Actually, I had a brilliant idea. I know how we can get you through Go I'm on. Gonna, I'm going to invite Tanya Harding to come make sure you advance. Tanya Harding, the figure skater? Yeah. She live in Houston? No, but we could ask her to repeat the Olympic magic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually the only way I can win. Is, could you go kneecap everybody else in the competition? We only so that need to kneecap only- seven because three are going to advance. Correct. Let's not be wasteful with exactly. our kneecappings. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, where is he going with this? I was slow on that one. (laughs) I I was like, what? Oh, yes, that would work. That that would, yeah, that would work. And I'm the one in the legal. (laughs) Sorry, Chad. I'm sure you were very, very funny. Yeah. Chad will be up next. And Dan. Yeah, yeah, Dan, Dan, same thing. Yeah. Dan was, Dan, and I thought Dan killed it, but Dan always makes me laugh, but. Yeah, I think people just funny. don't appreciate puns, unfortunately. And Dan's jokes are mostly puns. He, it's kind of a he's kind of one of those more intelligent, upper crusty yeah. type people. So I guess these freaking plebeians here yeah. didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, which is unfortunate. Unfortunate. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, the other ones, the people who did advance, I know, I know those folks. They're, yeah, they're funny too. They're yeah, they were they were mostly. especially Pedro. He's Pedro, I had never seen him before, and I was cracking up laughing crying it was so good i'd be surprised if like there's certain people who you've been in the scene long enough you're like oh they're gonna make a career out of this yeah i'd be surprised if pedro didn't turn entertainment of some kind yeah into a he's, career he's he's got that special thing to do yeah there's a couple of those folks here in yeah. town yeah too Come bad see you it. aren't too bad <laughs> <laughs> tell you what i am great at interrupting podcasts <laughs> Yeah, Hell no, I, yeah. I'm totally kidding. Adam has really great jokes. I've seen. I, Adam I like how he almost times. says has really great joke, <laughs> and then a, bu- then like a, then a bunch of filler <laughs> for this one joke. It's worth it, folks. No, it. it Adam really actually. Yeah, I knew it was gonna be fun. You. <laughs> <moment. laughs> I I so I was like, you know what? I had a shit week. I'm sick. I'm like, and then he was like. I'm getting mics, and then all of a sudden the light went off in my head. That oh, wait, Adam's nice. coming back, and I was like, "Yeah, okay. well, I know it's your pleasure." Yeah, Adam. Yeah, no, seriously, Adam is one of the better comedians <laughs> here in Houston. Even though he's only been doing it a few years, you know, I'm actually been really impressed. I think what it is is your sense of humor is right up my alley. Right, Dan's and, the same way for me. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, there's other great comics here that are funny, but they just aren't my particular style of humor. That doesn't mean they aren't funny. It just means that, you yeah, know, they appeal to other people, and that's fine. Like, I understand that. So, yeah, some people like Coke. Yeah. Some people like shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, I thought you meant cocaine. I'm sorry. <laughs> but no, Wrong that's, very, that's, <laughs> that's very, very true. And if you didn't... As Someone a, said Coke. I got all showbiz. Like, what? As a comedian, yeah, if you didn't yeah. know that, yeah. that would be torturous because, like, <laughs> there's just certain kinds of comedians that are going to get bigger laughs. Right. And if you're trying to chase just, I want the biggest possible laugh every right. time, you're going to turn, turn yourself crazy because just certain people are just inherently 
funnier yeah. or inherently more laugh out loud. It's where people, some people are more clever, chuckle. Yeah. Like you can't be ch- chasing that. You'd be driving yourself crazy. Yeah, exactly. But I'm glad that the, that's one thing that's great about comedy itself as a nature is that you can have all those different types of things, still have a big enough audience to have your voice yeah. be heard. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, that's one thing that's great about comedy. How yeah. would Mao do comedy? He would probably kill all the comedians. <laughs> Distribute all the laughs oh, equally. No. no, yeah, it's Chill. definitely not a, a money-making proposition. No, so yeah, he probably would. Yeah, I'm sure there were very few Chinese comedians back then. Oh, that's depressing. Yeah, and that's probably that's another one of those things that kind of piles on. Yeah, like art, anything that's art that doesn't have physical value right away, right, and maybe worth nothing and take yeah. a lot of time to do. Yeah, I would see. All communist countries wouldn't be down for that. No. The only, the, I can actually, like, how many Chinese comedians can you of think laugh. of? That uh, Johnny Chang? That's pretty much the only one I can think of. Yeah, same with Russia. They got, like, Zakoff Smirnoff. Yeah. And that was basically it. And all he did was shit on Russia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was his whole bit. <laughs> and you're like, oh, my God. You watch that Chernobyl series, and you see, like, their architecture is all, like, ultra plain because yeah. it's all just. Dude, it's exactly. so depressing. And there's no way out of it. Yeah. Except for capitalism, baby. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Oh. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us for this funny yet intellectual debate of a topic, I guess you could say. We pissed off a billion people. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I, I do have this to say. To start. Yeah. When I want to talk about India next. Yeah. <laughs> I met two Chinese guys at a hostel in Jerusalem when I was touring the Middle East last year. They were some of the friendliest people I've ever met. I don't disparage or shit on Chinese people. They, these guys were great. They were like, hey, you should come to China and visit. You know, you'd love it. Because after I got to know them a little bit, I would love to go to China someday. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not, you know, I, I'll I'll travel anywhere. Heck, I'd go to North Korea if I didn't think I would be killed. I would. That would be super interesting. Yeah, I would love to visit, but I just don't see it as a safe destination. No, not really. And they may try to keep you. Yeah. Maybe we could bring comedy. To North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> you watch that? No, never mind. I'm just gonna. I'll rant. We're just gonna set some yeah, big goals. There's right now. there's our ultimate goal: bring comedy to North Korea. <laughs> That's the goal of this podcast. Yeah, forget the language barrier. Forget that they would rather have food. <laughs> and that they didn't even laugh at the appearance of Dennis Rodman. <laughs> like, they just need my so, comedy. Exactly. That will sustain them. It'll be some tough, it'll be a tough crowd. <laughs> oh my goodness. See, North Korea would never happen in America. Talk about having a captive audience. That's true. Yeah. I do have that. Literally captives. Yes, it's unfortunate. <laughs> but what's gonna suck and like i don't want we don't need to go into it deeper but like because china like what's gonna suck with north korea whenever they finally do get their shit together yeah they're gonna be way behind yeah and they could probably go for a big leap forward Mm -hmm. and maybe they will Mm -hmm. we'll find out we'll just have to wait and see well thank you everybody for listening uh we will see you all next week adios Bye-bye.
balls. <laughs> no, you don't. So I can you blend. Nobody so wants blend. that. So you can <laughs> blend. Yeah, I That's never blend size. anywhere. <laughs> you know what? Fuck you and your non-best. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that same already hurting. Oh jeez. Yeah. <laughs> okay.